my main move used to be to go walk past and just give a light slap on the side of the face and then keep walking. <laughs> and then they would all, Are you fucking they would always, serious? Are you serious? With a cheeky smile and then they would always come over and go, who the fuck are you? And then I'd go, hey man, how are ya? Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you My life into penis. Dude, the the audience has dropped off heavily after a few little blips on some of the stocks. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with the stocks, man. Well, we've got a we've got a buffet of stocks. Do you know what I mean? If you get a bit of seafood, you get a bit of meat, not all it's good. Oh, I didn't like the potato salad. Not a big deal. Help yourself to some prawns, some shrimp. Enjoy the tuna. <laughs> you know, mix it up. In this case, if you were not a big fan of uh, MSB, well, maybe it's time to get on board with something else that's gone up recently. Well, the thing is, MSB, MSB still got the back trials to come. So this is the joy. The guys swung the bat. I mean, you've seen it in kids' table. Even the dumbest kid eventually connects with the ball. Do you know what I mean? Even that kid in a wheelchair eventually hits a home run and everyone claps, so he gets the first base. Even Limpy. Even Limpy gets in there and he has a crack and it goes all right sometimes. Well, you've got to be honest. Limpy will hit a ball one day. It'll be a total fluke, but, you know, that's the same with the sure thing. We've got to hit something eventually, man. Like, even a monkey with darts eventually hits a balloon, man. Fuck. Surely. He's going to hit one of your kids' balls before he hits a fucking softball. Mate, but I couldn't believe that, eh? What a, what a fucking short thing because you got no- Novitis or whatever the fuck have you pronounced it had backed them for the auto-respiratory disease and they were in there. And then to have the COVID thing just end. And the thing is, when you thought of the logic, it was always going to be fucked. Because they were <laughs> treating the sickest of the sick. Mate, Captain fucking hindsight. Am I right or am I right? Dude, they were, they were treating the sickest of the sick on ventilators. <laughs> and eventually, when Trump was letting people drink uh, chlorine and do whatever the fuck. <laughs> no, hardly anyone was. And ventilator wasn't the standard of care by the end. Like, it's very rare you get on that. And by that time, the fucking thing was almost a corpse. Yeah. It had, like, uh, bleach shoved in the blood. Trump had fucking put uh, petrol, uh, you know, battery acid into their <laughs> eyes, done whatever the fuck you could think of. <laughs> you just got it. And the thing is, you should have realised with uh, um, how long it take, took to get the patients because it was months. And you look at it, the, the death rates and we're like, well, there's hundreds of thousands of people dying. Surely someone's signing up. <laughs> but it was a flawed, it was a flawed, um, a, a flawed test because they should have just flicked it to young kids and said, oh, we healed all of them. Because only, you know what I mean? It just ran its course. But there's, then, and then the fucking heart trial. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Mm. It's amazing. It's amazing to see. They show a reduction in mortality 
but their primary endpoint was how many times you go to the hospital. So all 60% of people continued to live and then went and go, I've got a little rash on my back. And they're like, another admission, you failed your primary endpoint. It's one of the worst designs. The guy's such a numpty. I mean, who sets up the parameters for that? Is it the um, uh, the FDA or is it uh, Sylvie going, well, you can do it, mate? No, it's it's Sylvie and he, Sylvie, he didn't anticipate fuck. mortality being improved like that. He just thought, oh, well, they'll probably have a better, a smoother ride. So we'll make it a, an easy hit. But because of that, we might have to do a whole new trial to prove this mortality endpoint. And I don't know if they can hit it again. I mean, that's huge. 60% reduction in deaths and strokes. I mean, fuck. I just would have thought that 60% reduction in strokes would have meant, like, fucking game on no matter what, you know? It's crazy that it hasn't meant game on. We already talked about this, but I don't think it was on a pod. Um, yeah. But, like, uh, man, it's it's like those World War Two planes and uh, yeah. the ones that would land with the bullet holes... They would go, oh, yeah. we've got to reinforce these planes until some fucking, not even a genius, just someone with a little bit of common sense was like, oh, maybe we should reinforce the bits that don't have bullet holes because those are clearly the ones that are landing in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, oh, the thing is, the thing is now Mesoblast has big funding issues. So that's why it's been hammered because you've got heart, probably need a new trial, COVID, probably aborted because it was a shit plan trial. You mean because they've got so many products out there that they're now having to, like, if they have to redo something, they've got to redo a whole well, lot. Well, the thing is they're going to they're gonna need another trial for REM cell. They're going to need another trial for heart. Yeah. They're so far away from revenue. <laughs> and now they've, it's all resting on back. And fuck knows. I mean, the guy, I, I don't know, dude. Like, you've got to lose faith when a guy drops that many balls. You're like, Jesus, it's Olympi. Do you know what I mean? I had a lot of respect for this guy, but fucking hell. Well, you know what fucked me off, man, is that I had been sitting in uh, BRN for yeah, fucking months, man. Just like, oh, like I had, I had <laughs> it was after the last time Mizo took a little dump for after the uh, ODAC FDA yeah, thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll move this into BRN because I reckon, I reckon it's hit its bottom and it'll probably run up again. I oh, know. It was always the way, man. And then BRN yeah, and went then, through the, through the roof. It's like, put it, I take BRN and put it into MSB because I'm like, nah, I'm back <laughs> in the game. I made, I took, a, I took a little bit of profit, like a, a, a little tiny sliver, mate. You know, you know how you get the, uh, you get the T-bone, you get your T-bone steak, and you got that fatty bit that you got to cut off. That's what yeah, I took. Yeah, yeah. I, I just sliced you that off, that. and I was like, "Ooh, it's gritty, and I hate it." But you know what? It was a. It it's was better a, than nothing. It was an eight hundred dollar steak, so I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat Dude, all. Dude, you of know it. what? The th <laughs> and then as soon as as soon as I do it, fucking BRN runs up like what thirty percent. It's motherfuckers. Do you know what was so annoying for me was I trimmed a lot of mine because I'm way more active. But then for clients, I was like, oh, well, these heart trials, yeah, it failed, but it fucking reduced mortality by 60%. I'm like, they'll definitely get a partnership out of it. Yeah, as they should. I was going, oh, there's no rush. But then they go in a trading hold and I think, oh, fuck, I fucked it. There's a fucking immediate partnership. I'm sure one of these big farmers has jumped up. Instead, it's fucking Sylvie dropping the ball with COVID. I'm like, fuck, what a Christmas. Thank you, Sylvie. That motherfucker. What a motherfucker. Dude, you know what the thing is? The best laid plans are mice and men. Like, 
All we needed was um, things to go to plan and I would, it would have been a very different Christmas rather than self-harming in a car. <laughs> <laughs> what's been, your, uh, what's been your, your method of self-harm? Your, what have you been choosing? Just, is it just substance dude, abuse or have you been cutting again? Dude, my old, my old self-harming... Have you been cutting again, you little emo girl, listening to Bullet for My Valentine? Well, they say you want to leave your mark in this place, so you might as well be your arms, hey? <laughs> Man, I... Um, I can tell you weren't serious about it, though, because you're showing me your wrists and you've gone across the street and not down the road. And if you really wanted out, you would have gone down the road, mate, you know? Dude, I didn't... I just ran my keys across the top of my... It wasn't anything too major. Oh, hey. you had a you had a you had a small itch. It wasn't really self-harming. You had a bit of an itch. You did that man, do you do that thing where uh you you get in the car and you turn it off and you take you take the key out of the ignition and then you get you scratch your, the inside of your ear with it. You use it like a little cotton bud. Oh mate, yeah. Yeah, I do do that. And, <laughs> is, that and you, thing- is that ubiquitous? Does everyone everyone must do that? Do you know what I do sometimes? Cuz I think self-harm the main self-harm for your career, but you know what I used to, I sometimes do, which is crazy. When I'm driving, I'm doing that. While you're moving. Like, that is fucking... You take the keys out and put them in your ear. No, not the keys, but I'll grab something, I'll grab something from the dash and start itching my ear, and then you suddenly, the penny drops. That is very dumb idea, Andrew. Yeah. You're going 80Ks, do not put something in your ear <laughs> yeah, while <yeah>. you're moving. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, but it's so, it's so freeing. Do you know what I mean? It's freeing. Like sometimes just driving without your seatbelt on it just feels good because you know you're not meant to. Do you yep. not find this? Yeah, Damo had a bit, uh, not to repeat other people's bits, but I only saw him do it twice, I think, so he gave up on it. Uh, but he had this bit about driving down a country road between Toowoomba and Brisbane and uh, uh, flicking his lights off and then on again and then off and then on again because, like, that adrenaline rush would spike. And this, uh, oh, mate. and this cop sees him and like pulls him over. He's like, what the fuck were you doing? And Damon's like, it's so hard. You know, you don't know, what are you going to say? Like, oh, I just wanted to feel something. <laughs> oh, dude. Do you know what? It actually reminds me. I used to do this and I, I think I saw it on a show and I don't know what it was. It might've been on Black Mirror where you just close your eyes on the freeway and see how long you can go for. Oh, fuck. Man. I did that as a rush and I started doing it for a while and it's sort of like holding your breath in the pool. It gets addictive. It's such a bad move because suddenly you're like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. And it's, do you know what I mean? To almost on death. And uh, yeah. the thing is you keep, then you, as human nature, you want to break your record. Yeah, of course. And you're eventually going to die. Yeah. I've done that too. I have done that too, driving and you, you close your eyes and you go, oh, 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 no. And see how long, you close your eyes and see how long you can hold them shut. Mate, it's bad because sometimes I've had uh, the the closest I've been to full crashes is falling asleep. Do you know when yeah. you fall asleep at the wheel and you hit the cat the curb and then you wake up and you just pretend it's all fine with your kids, just going, "Oh, something <laughs> wrong with the tire," but it's actually you driving, driving probably killing time before you drop them off at a mum's house. You've been driving for six hours. I've had that. Um, uh, I had that. I was driving up to Auckland. I was moving from Christchurch to Auckland. And it's, uh, it's, it's 10 hours straight. And I was like, man, I can do that. Like, I'm not stopping. Mm. My, my 
my mum was like, where are you, you know, where are you stopping? Are you stopping in Picton? Are you spending the night? I was like, no, I'm going to get on the ferry and just go the whole way across. And she's like, oh. And then a, a couple of days later, uh, the day before I was leaving, she's like, oh, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to come with you and then I'll, um, I'll fly back um, just so you got some company for the drive. And man, yeah. it's a good thing that she did because I remember several stretches of highway, just those moments where you, you're watching the road and then you're, Oh, and then you jerk your head back and realize oh, that you were. I love it, man, because you start daydreaming and it's just relaxing, and then you actually are asleep at the wheel. Yeah, asleep yeah. at the wheel, dead at the wheel. <laughs> it all ties in. That's where that came from. But yeah, man, I um, I used to do that exactly what Damo's doing with the lights off. I've um, yeah, I've done that. You know what I mean? But but I actually just shut my eyes. Yeah. But I think people have done that game and, and died. Yeah. I'm sure it's in a Black Mirror episode. Do you know what the thing is? It influences you. Hey, you watch a TV show and then it's quite appealing. Hey. <laughs> You're like, oh, that seems cool. Any like, I've got to give that a go. That's a great idea. Do you know what I mean? And it's, um, it's meant to be the bad part of the movie. And you're like, fuck, put that on the bucket list. I have to try that now. And now people listening now are going to try it. My dad's friend, uh, Megan, uh, when they were kids, would play this game when uh, he was in the car with her where as they were approaching a red light, she would scream like, red light, and cr- close her eyes and put her foot on the fucking gas and just oh, blast through my- it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Dude, have you transferred? We've, we've transferred between two cars on our highway. Have you done that where you line them up and oh, you got to so get them the get out sa- and get into another one? You get the same speed when you're drunk, and then you get the two cars lined up, and then you've got to crawl from your window in, into their window and make the car. But obviously, if there's any slip ups, you're fucked. I've done the one where you're with a friend in another lane, and you get real close to them and lean out and grab their uh, their mirror and flip it in. That's a great move. Oh, dude, I haven't done that. <laughs> yeah, it's real I haven't fun. done that. That seems good. You even have a. Do you know when you were a kid, you'd always have like your feet out the window, arms out the window. But then you realise it is dangerous, hey. Like, I've had my windscreen chipped with just a rock. But if that hit oh, your yeah. leg, you're fucked. Guys did that growing up, man. They used to um, drop rocks from the, the bridge onto the freeway. Yeah. It seems like a, a minor game, but it, it would kill someone because they're going 100Ks. People have been arrested for that. And, uh, like, it, it's a, that's a every 18 months in the news, some teenager is arrested for standing on a bridge at the M1 and hipping a rock over and it smashes someone's windscreen in. We, I've, had, I've been hit by an egg and it feels like a, a gunshot. Do you know if they're going on a main road from and they car. hit you? From a car and an egg hits you and they're going about 100Ks, oh, that yeah. egg hits you at 100? It's yeah. a big impact. Do you know what I mean? Even though they're, they're, it's like the tension of water, it's like, holy yeah. fuck, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? And then you just got egg in your chest, but it feels like you've been mowed down by a rival gang. Uh, I remember driving down, uh, it must have just been, it must have been just after school, I'm in the passenger seat, uh, my buddy Alex the Jew is driving, and there's all these kids waiting for the, like, for the bus stop, and I lean out the window yeah. and put my hand up for like a high five. And this girl is like, oh, a high five. And 
I don't I don't know how, I don't know what I did with my hand, but I I cupped it a little bit, like I because I, I thought uh. we're going about fifty. <laughs> I'm like I I'm like I want to give this girl a high five because she has committed, but this is gonna sting. So I cut my hand, and you <laughs> we go past, and I slap this girl's hand right. It's just so oh much God. force at 50Ks. And I feel this sting. I'm like, ooh. And then from behind me, you just hear, ah! Like this scream as we peel off. And this girl Dude, is, you probably broke her arm. Man, I look back and she's like holding her hand. She's like looking at it and looking at the car going like, what have I done? You, you never <laughs> understand the force of stuff because that's what we did a lot in London. Like throwing shit. Hitting things, throwing things out cars. Have yeah. we spoken about fireworks? How fireworks are legal there? Uh, well, fireworks are legal in New Zealand as well. And uh, every guy forks you get one of those. And- you get one of those tan shots. Uh, the Ro- were they Ro- are they Roman candles? Are those the tan shot ones that? We could get every single one, and eventually, about two hours in, you were like, "These should be illegal." I'm so scared of what I've done because what you'd do is put them in uh, phone boxes, and they would explode and just wipe out all the glass. And then we also worked out the the big rockets. If you tied them to the ground, it was like a terrorist bomb. So it was so much better to have it, you know, rather than go into the air. Yeah, take it. You just bury it in the ground boof. so that people are walking past, and then there's sort of, you know, like fire alarms and. Cars our alarms are going off because the vibration. Dude, we, we would get those tan shots uh, on Guy Fawkes and go out in the yard and shoot them at each other. Dude, this is what I re- <laughs> we did in London. I tried to hit a train with one and it eventually didn't go off. So I had to pull my shirt over my head to protect my face from burning because it exploded in my face. But the, the amount of stupid things. I set one up. We set one up to go above a nightclub line and when it was lit it started to fall and then went directly at the line and exploded into people but you know what i mean like it was like (laughs) the amount of fires and my favorite moment ever because i was flying in flying out for work was guy fawkes night and just flying off and seeing the number of like uncontrolled fireworks do you know what i mean just random parks everywhere you just be on a normal plane and you could just see kids letting them off bridges exploding (laughs) in parks the side (laughs) of cars like one thing i tell you if you put a full blown firework in a in a phone box it blows all the glass out of it it just explodes (laughs) of course it does man (laughs) it it doesn't you think it would just go oh it's going to go all around but that the explosion just blows all the glass out and there are alarms in there and then it just goes and you're gonna run off but the thing is because we're white no one even ever thinks it's us all we have to do is walk slowly away and then some some black guy going to get a kebab is arrested (laughs) we wander home casually when did they make fireworks illegal in australia were they ever legal in australia dude i i know growing up in South Africa they were they were legal and that's some of my fondest memories as a kid were getting these little tom thumbs which were mini dynamite ones yeah and when people were trying to do fireworks I was only about five or or young yeah you could light it and try throw it at their ear to scare them (laughs) and then we but it was crazy dude because like we would burn like what was just a Catherine wheels fireworks and then there was always like you made your own sort of effigy or whatever do you know what i mean just straw and shit and burn it mm. but i think in my suburb i remember your, they own, were, your own backyard burning man <laughs> dude there was like your own burning man but i know in my suburb growing up that one year i think there were two fires house fires 
from people that had sort of shot a firework and it landed on a gutter that hadn't been cleaned. Yeah. That had taken it. And then, do you know, you'd come home to your house and it's burnt down. Yeah, but, I mean, in South Africa that makes a lot of sense because that's, like, Guy Fawkes is, that's a day off from when you're usually necklacing people, right? Dude, it's the only time you can <laughs> discharge a gun in comfort because there's just banging everywhere so you can actually finally just fire off some rounds. Do they do the necklacing, they do the necklacing in, in South Africa, right? They get the- oh, dude, that's uh, the, the Winnie Mandela fucking necklace she was notorious for it what, what she do you did mean? a lot of people oh she, really she would get a she, she winnie uh nelson's wife uh when he, when he was in prison doing the longest walk or whatever the fuck he was meditating the long march to freedom i think she was uh she was wrapping car tires around every rival gang members and burning them <laughs> she was a real gangster that lady like i think he had to disassociate when he came out he hung out for a while weren't they both kind of gangsters back in the day like, Dude, but I think I th- he was more of like a uh, like a uh, like a for the people, like some some minor terrorism, no injuries. I didn't know that uh, his wife was necklacing people. Dude, his his wife was a nutcase and killed a lot of people. I think Mandela came out, gave her a hug, and then I think she proudly told him like what she'd been up to, and he was like distanced himself, and they separated <laughs> shortly after. Yeah. When he realised that she had gone, hang on, power's corrupted her. She's been burning rival fucking <laughs> political movement members by putting a tie around their head and burning them to death. What? So, that, and, that's, and that's what the necklace is. If you haven't heard of the necklace before, it's, uh, yeah, you, you get an old tyre, fill, uh, fill it with fuel, put it around someone's neck, and then... So, Set it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put the tire around their neck and then burn it. It's like a really uh, low-budget, shitty Ramstein concert, but they die at the end. <laughs> Dude, it's 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 fireworks. If you look at it in the right way, it's a bit of a laugh. And you look in the background is an industrial music. It's uh, it's just Deanthwood playing. Fuck <laughs> from man. a cab. But, but this Christmas has been shit. Will you admit it? I spent most of it just driving around, crying. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you find yourself uh, at any uh, like lookouts or bridges, just kind of staring off into the distance? Maybe like a large body of water, just looking, thinking maybe maybe I could just walk in. Maybe I'll just get all the uh, maybe I'll get all the loose change in the car, put it in my pockets, and I'll wander into the sea. Dude, that's the vibe you got. <laughs> and the thing is, you know that you're just a attention seeker because all I wanted to do was keep tweeting. All I want for Christmas is an early grave, a quiet, peaceful exit. And then I realised I'm the cliche. Yeah. I have no intention of doing it. I just want to get attention, get my parents to drive around. Well, they don't have to because I live with them. But get my brother around. He brings me some drinks. I have some trifle. I cry. I go. Well, like, your parents to come downstairs. Your, yeah, your father's going. Andrew, Andrew, why are you live streaming with a rope and a stool? What are you doing? Andrew, why are you upset? And I go, I want to own the world, Daddy, and I haven't. I want to own the worldly possessions. I need a Ferrari and all that shines, and I haven't got it. So, therefore, I'm depressed because I'm a narcissist. And, ah, woe is me. Do you know? Like, it's fucking so childish. Really. Yeah, man. You, you are, uh, through, through the, the thin veneer of manic depression, you are, you are a 14-year-old emo girl at heart, aren't you? Well, I am, dude, but the thing, the thing for me is I have always been depressed, but because I had a little taste of success, now I truly am. It would have been much better yeah. if I just um, mm. 
hung around these gang members doing open mic comedy. But because for a brief moment I had like a, a nice house with a pool. Yeah. Now I'm forever cursed. Like it's sort of um, like I think on the Titanic, those guys that were below deck and they brought them up and gave them a little bit of turkey and they danced for a while would have spent the rest of their lives depressed. Do you know what I mean? For a brief moment to taste <laughs> taste caviar up on the, the upper decks and then back below deck to be raped by some random sailor. And then, do you know, it's much better to just stay in the dungeon. No, Don't I think, you think? Like to ever pop your head above the clouds is to see the, <laughs> see the sun. It's better to be in the, the swamp forever. I do think... Uh I do think, because like we've, we have talked about before, um, your, your baseline is always your baseline. You know what I mean? Like, you, you were unhappy before you were successful. You were unhappy why, when you were successful. You, were, you, you know what I mean? At every stage. The- Dude, I, I always say to my parents, I remember when I was unhappy and it was first day of school and I remember them sort of forcefully removing me from a swing and then for weeks... When they dropped me at school, I would go in and then drop my bag and run out of the school and try to chase their vehicle up the road and they'd find me. Do you know what I mean? I'd run for hundreds of metres and then they'd have to grab me back and peg me back as I cried. And I don't think I've ever been happy since. Yeah. That was the, the end of my time. I had a few moments in the sandpit where I imagined consciousness was uh, limitless and everything was possible. And then I was shoved into classes and wrote learned some facts and it's really been fucking suffocating from then onwards hey i don't believe i've ever breathed in any air since that day i was ripped from the swings but look how um look how your life has turned out now you you get to live with your parents full time so in a way it's kind of you got exactly what you wanted you know what i mean like your idea of your idea of success as a five-year-old uh and your idea of success now like you, it's the same. It's the well. It, it if you're, it, it should be the same. You should be living. You should be fully content because mum's never circle, left. But my like mom, they never, my mum's they, no they longer. They took you to the school, right? You got out of the car, and you're like, I don't want to go. I don't, mum. I don't know. Oh, to... mummy, I don't want to go. I want to be breastfed. <laughs> and then they were like, Angelou, it's okay. Get back in the car. We'll go home and have an ice cream. <laughs> The only thing missing now is my mum no longer lactates. If I could get back on that breast, I would have the perfect circle <laughs> in there. Man, yeah, you can induce lactation, right? Like it's uh, it because it's the it's the the like the you get pregnant, then there's at whatever time during the pregnancy, uh, you begin lactating, but it's just hormones like that. Set Dude, it you off. can you can keep it happening if you're the guy and you just keep suckling. Yeah, if you never stop. That's how those. That's how those women who are like, I've been breastfeeding my child until he's twelve years old and he still loves a good suck on the net, and it's great because we go down the local cafe. I have myself a cafe latte, and he also then has later on a cafe latte. <laughs> I love that. Someone's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Uh, it's just a little baby chino. It's just the way you look at it. It's just a baby chino. <laughs> a little baby chino for Jeff. Jeff, our boy Jeff. But, man, you can get lactose just from having uh, steroids. Guys that go on steroids and when they pull off and the testosterone drops and they start making estrogen. They will occasionally lactate. Because cause their ball sack uh, disappears. So all that drops and then estrogen <laughs> takes charge, can end up lactating. Yeah. So you can get milk out of almost anything, dude. 
It's that classic comic joke, you know, where they go like, almond milk, how are you milking the almond? And the crowd goes wild. Wait, where's the, where's the, I haven't seen the nipples on those things. I've got a bag at home. I never found one bloody nipple on them. Yeah, I love it. Almond milk, never seen a nipple on an almond, but did you get the milk? <laughs> Fuck. The crowd goes wild. They almost always get an applause break. And I leave the room and punch the side of the fucking green room and just go, I'm quitting comedy. <laughs> fucking hate this. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, my, my mother ran a successful almond milk business uh, for probably a couple of years. And uh, man, like was getting distribution in, in supermarkets and stuff. And I, I refused to try it. Like I've, I never even tasted it because I it just, I don't like almond milk. Dude, it's milk. a branding issue. You know what the big one that's coming out now? Friends invested in it. Camel milk. But goat and camel milk sound like semen to me. Like yeah. I would not drink camel milk. It's a bit like kangaroo meat. Like they need to rebrand it. Like I don't mind it, but it's not your go-to when you're at Coles because it's always so close to, to the dog food. Which is funny because there's such an abundance of it. You think it would be like heavily subsidised so people started eating it all the time. Aboriginals love it. I'm not sure if you're allowed to call them Aboriginals. What do you call them? Indigenous Australians? I think Aboriginal's still fine, but... Keepy off, keepy off generation. No, that's... (laughs) (laughs) We're playing keepy off. (laughs) If you say Aboriginal, then you are, uh, you're excluding Torres Strait Islander, right? And this is both of us, we're not not Native Australians. We have big issues. Do you like, rather than calling them the stolen generation, you call them the keepy off generation with the intention that you're giving it back? (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> you might have to delete the, that. The Indian giver generation. Oh, mate. <laughs> That's a, oh, that's layered racism. That's real good. Yeah, man. That, that, oh, that's triple play. It's like they're not stolen, mate. We're just Indian giving, okay? Mate, it was a bit like that. Um, we already did it in the earlier podcast where um, I couldn't describe my assailant. They were like, who was it? I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't say. Non- yeah, they're like, they're they're like it's, he stabbed your son. I'm like, I don't want to say. I'm upset. Okay, Just find them. Um, and they're like, what do they look like? And you're like, I don't know how to say it. I was, lo- I was looking into the, the testosterone thing because I think after the age of 30, you can go to a doctor and uh and tell them that you you have whatever symptoms of low testosterone because man like i don't know if you know this uh but like bodybuilding with steroids is expensive like those people those guys are spending like two grand a month on on their cycles um uh because you gotta get the you gotta get the test and you gotta get the trend and you gotta get your full stack and then you gotta cycle through that stack and then every and man it's fucking it's so much money it is a lot dude because joe rogan's permanently on it testosterone he gets the injections but i was talking to a guy that spent most of his life in um prison at a party because these are the places i frequent now i don't know why ever since doing that gangland fucking uh, comedy night i don't know who the fuck You're scouting is. for new investors for the pod mate i get it it's cool anyway he was talking about uh steroids and how you know and and the cost of it, it is a lot and then obviously the anger that happens like you just get um do you know what I mean? Just punching things and smashing. But you you looked great. So you know what I mean? It is your heyday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, so, well, you know, I, was, I was thinking if you go in, uh, that's the move, man. You turn 30, you go in, you describe the symptoms of low testosterone, and then uh, you have it 
like Medicare subsidized tests. Who wouldn't who wouldn't want that? It like testosterone's the hormone that makes everything good in your life. You build more muscle, uh you've got more yeah. energy, you feel good. Uh sometimes you get you get a little enraged and you punch the steering wheel and you have to take it uh take it to you have to you punch the step you punch the steering wheel uh while you're on the highway and you have to have a, a wrench handy so that you can clamp it on and turn. Dude, it's no big deal. <laughs> just get some padding for your steering wheel. You just get one of those pool pool noodles to put it around. It's fine. It's not a big issue. Oh, jo- have you seen Josh recently? Is I've Every time I've seen him for the, like the past six months, he's got the bleeding knuckles, but he's fucking huge. Dude, I do love how superficial <laughs> people are. Like, they would, they're happy to look good. They don't care that they're actually angry and punching their soulmate. It's like, but how good do I look in the Christmas photos? It's worth it. It's worth it that I corrupt my whole consciousness and my, the, the, the generosity of my spirit. But fuck, I look good. Like, and people, most people would do that trade, dude. Well, you think about it like a video game, man. Like, you, you spec up, you know, you play a role-playing game and uh, you spec up into, into one, one particular thing. You're not, you're not going, okay, we're going to put all my points into charisma. You're going, okay, I'm, fo- I'm, I'm, I'm focusing. It's, it's all body. Like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reduce my intellect and I'm going to reduce my, uh, my stamina as well. Your life is shortened. I'm going to reduce my charisma. But body, max points. I'm going to be fucking yoked, brother. Dude, and it just show, yeah, it shows your, your gameplay. Because I was, I was thinking about that today because do you know how all those do-gooders are like, video games cause violence? But then all you have to do is refer to any historical figure that was violent. And you're like, oh, he must have had an Xbox, did he? <laughs> did Genghis Khan have an Xbox, did he? And then they just, their brain just goes, ah! Because, you know, the logic is just so flawed because you only have to look pre-video games and find a violent person, historical figure, and the whole argument's fucked. If you look pre-video games, they had that sort of mania about every new form of entertainment. It was comic books, uh, films, obviously. Man, you remember when Tarantino was constantly being interviewed and people going, why do you need to have so much violence in your movies? It's dis- it's a disgrace. The children are watching it. And he's like, these are not movies for kids. Like, what do you, why, why do you have me on here? Don't watch Dude, the Dude, I agree. Movie. And you know what actually calls violence? Karens. Do-gooders interfering in people's fucking affairs. Little sticky beaks are what make me angry, and I'm sure it would make most people. Karen, the very person pitching, oh, it's fucking video games, it's you! Shut the fuck up and let people have some fun. No wonder people are punching shit. Leave people alone, you, you dumb dickhead. Don't you think? Like that, Karen's cause violence. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Fucking do-gooders getting stuck into people with their dumb ideas and just logic doesn't prevail and you end up fucking trying to run them off with the vehicle and they're like, oh, it's because he played GTA. It's like, no, it's because I read your fucking story about plants not being sentient or some shit. It's because I read your fucking personalised number plate that just said sunshine and it had rainbows on the other side. And then I saw on Dude. the back, I saw on the back, it said hashtag mum life, but also there was an anti-vax sticker on there and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Dude, these do-gooders, they're always so, they always think they've got it all sorted. I always try, it's such a cliche thing though, but with a vegan is always trying to push that argument that plants are sentient. It really is a nice angle. If you can work it well, yeah, I mean, it really fucks them. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that everything experiences, uh, feelings and 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 a quest to grow and procreate and love and happiness and and growth or whatever 
Look, I know it's th- th- that is like milking an almond of a joke. So let me out. I but, tap yeah, out. Yeah, you can tap out. Do you of know that what I mean? It's the fucking oh, I can't believe it. It's like it's like the bit the, the early bits you did on stand up where you go battery chicken. Fucking I'm a battery human. I'm in the cubicle. No one's fucking trying to save me. What about a free range human? Today you had a bit like that. Yeah. And it's like you have to delete it immediately because you realise 18 open micers have. What about a free range human? I just want to run in a field, man. Hi, Darren here for DarrenGagChokes.com slut slash cunt. Australia's number one cum guzzling website. We've got the hungriest cum guzzlers from every walk of life. Suck monkey fuck boys, dirty thirsty spoof whores, and gang banging dumpster sluts. This week it's bathtub week. We're peeking inside the washroom to see who can slurp up the thickest, hottest loads. Place your bets and stream the action live, one handed with your phone propped up against the pillow on your bedspread. Who can drink a bathtub full of cum? Find out this week at darrengagjokes.com slash cunt. I don't, we, I don't know if you saw, we were featured uh, on some wonderful woman has created a website called Great Australian Pods. It's like a big podcast directory for Australian podcasts. And uh, we were we were featured in there. And man, she's like, there. she's got like 1,600 of these fucking podcasts listed on this. Dude, I can't believe you retweeted her because that's the only way she gets validation. I saw it and go like, way to try get some traction on your own uh website i'm like i'm gonna ignore you yeah well i mean i put it up but i also made some heavy edits to the uh oh yeah yeah, yeah you did joke around it but you know it's sort of like the it's sort of during fringe time where like some uh freak is reviewing fringe shows and then you retweet them and all you're doing is validating them it's so much better to just ignore them and go like what the who gives a shit about your fucking word document blog like fuck off well look, I, look, first, I like this woman she's um I'm, I'm on her team i don't know what you're talking about well she's very a very nice lady but anyway my point was that- i like her man i'm just saying like <laughs> i would never i don't like when people um give traction to reviewers it's like fuck off you like her but you don't go around someone's house and tap on the uh the tank of the aquarium to st- and startle the fish you know it's not you. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> like you don't get, you don't want to get, you don't want to interact. Is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, this is it, man. It's like I'm like I, I I'm happy to interact with someone that's creating output, but someone commenting on someone else's output, I'm just like, get the fuck. Who the fuck is this person? Do you know what I mean? It's almost like an echo. I'm like, what, who gives a fuck about an echo? Do you know you don't want to be in a room where it's like. Yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. Like they're giving feedback on other content. So I'm like, it's meaningless. I'm like, fuck off. Fucking go and write your own fucking pod. Uh, what amazed me is that she's got so many of these fucking podcasts listed on this directory. But she's, <laughs> man, she's worked on all of them. Like on, I don't know if you saw on our one, it had a link to your uh, defunct podcast, Circling the Drain. It had all of our social links. She'd even dug up like uh, my old comedy page just the josh armstrong oh, comedy page. oh man i feel so, bad now because she's gonna listen to this no nah, she's no she's oh I don't, I don't know if she fucking listened or if she just found it so but she's look she's a good she didn't editorialize a critique or anything so i imagine her right now listening in her house and she'd be like with some tesco's bag <laughs> sitting or like cole's bag sitting on her back 
eating nuts or some shit. Like just, do you know like one of those old <laughs> watching Jeopardy and then listening? And right now her face is slumping. Yeah, well, fuck slumping you. Slumping as she fuck leans you, on, her, on her walking stick. Fuck you for trying to support the Australian podcast industry. I'm sorry, Nancy. I, I do appreciate <laughs> what you're doing. I'm sorry. I take it all back. It's just, it's just a joke. It's just a joke, Nancy. Bit of fun. <laughs> I love you. She linked that page and I had to go back and I found the page. And man, it's just like seven clips of me doing stand-up from like 2015. And it's one in the morning and I'm like frantically going through deleting every clip going, no one can see this. I don't want anyone Dude, to see Dude, you got to delete it immediately. It. It's, um, it's, it's, look, the thing is, I wouldn't wanted to block her. Like, that's just my instinct. Do you know, you see them retreat you, and then I just love the thought of them logging back, thinking you're going to thank them, but you block them. <laughs> you blocked them from following you. My lead-in, <laughs> though, like, my lead-in was, do you, do you remember, what was your first stand-up joke? What was the first thing you said on stage? My, I know what it was, man. I wrote it on a train, and it was like, hey, hey, my name's Andrew. Um, you guys might have heard of me. I've been in some of the papers recently. And then it was like, Dishwasher for sale? Like, that was the joke. <laughs> Dishwasher for sale. <laughs> hey, my name's Andrew. I, I, you know, I, I, some of you guys probably heard of me. I've been in some of the papers recently. Dishwasher for sale, $300 or some, some shit like that. Fuck. That's all right. Yeah, look, That's all yeah, right. It's, I mean, it, it's for a first one, it's fine. Like, it's hack, but it's fine, you know? I I made the mistake of uh, I didn't get a notebook because I, I, I can't um, – uh, my, I can't, I can't write with my hands. That's, I can't, I'm terrible. Oh, you can, I, what? Are you serious? I, I mean, I can. It's just, it's. Are you disabled? Are you disabled? I'm disabled. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm certified by my psychiatrist. Retarded, dude. Because we've never been in the same room. I didn't know this, <laughs> and now I suddenly look and see your little claw-like bird hands. Have you not seen that before? And suddenly man. I treat you differently. And then the, the, the tempo of the pod really softens <laughs> because I've got uh, humanity and sort of compassion in my heart. You're being nice. Stop being mean to you. I'm just like, what's that, Josh? Oh, you're such a good lad, mate. <laughs> mate, what? yeah, so what were you writing? Because my favourite is when the open mic at their first gig is just lashing out with rage and just going like, fuck off, the, the fucking machine. Like, there's no jokes and it's just... Um, like an angry rant. Oh. That to me is uh, when they come off, I go like, "Dude, you've got something. You got something special, bro. You're gonna do this more often." Like, I love it so much. Which is, I had this guy. Yeah. I was when when we first when I first started running gigs, I had this guy show up, and it was, this was when it was way less curated. It was like open spots up the top. People would message and I'd go, yeah, you got ten minutes. Get on stage, have a go." Man, this guy rocked up in a dress, right? Just like mascara. Uh, I think purposefully running down his face, and then proceeded to read to no laughs at all. Like, this was this was a proper crazy person. Um, yeah, to, yeah. Proceeded to read his uh, recently deceased by via suicide friends notebook. Just, oh my god! Yeah, just going through it, like flipping through the pages and being like, "My friend killed himself." Here's a poem he wrote, and it was fucking mental, man. Holy shit, man! Because you know who used to be like this, friendly Geordies. When he first started, 
he would dress up as a granny and have this lipstick fl- smeared over his face and then would yell weird things like, Nana, Nana, what's a hug? And it was like, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But then he found like his political angle and suddenly like and he's sobered up. Yeah. But I'm saying early on, I used to see him at open mics and he was, I swear I remember him dressed as the granny with a fucking bike helmet on and lipstick smeared over his face in a nightie yelling like just random stuff and i was like oh my god this guy's like batshit crazy i don't know and then yeah he's one of the most successful of the comics to come out of sydney (laughs) i mean say what you want but it's not hack you know like you got to give him that it's not hack dude it wasn't actually hack it was really funny but um the reason it felt weird was because it was early gigs yeah so he was getting no reaction at all but because he was committed he would continue going on like do you know like like it was a bit like those tweets going around drinking at Nana's or quiet Christmas at Nana's. Did you see those ones? It was a trend during Christmas where like it was things, things dad said kind of those Twitter. Accounts. No, there was, there were videos going around over Christmas, which was Christmas at Nana's. And then it was just drunk people throwing up in bins or yelling, going like, Oh, where am I? <laughs> they were just oh, Christmas at Nana's. <laughs> so it was meant to be like this. Uh, sedentaries at a good event and then i think it was a big trend for a few days when you were hammered at a festival to go like christmas at nana's it's quite funny my problem was definitely over commitment i do remember the first the first joke and uh, this was uh this was when i still ranked stanhope as probably my tippy top uh favorite yeah he was I still love him. He's probably oh, my favourite. I, I love him. Um, he's still up there. But uh, this was, yeah, I had blinders on to to everything else at this when I started, when I did, when I did open mic. I, I know. I'm guessing your vibe is come get some. As soon as you're on stage, you're like, come get some. Josh is going to serve up some hot takes. <laughs> and as soon as you do that, the crowd <laughs> fucking hate you. Because you go, come get some. And then you, you've got the demeanour and temperament of a 15-year-old veteran like Stanhope, but without any of the writing, and you proceed to eat shit. It's always the way. It was too much. Yeah, the, initially it was too much vitriol, and then it became uh, like weird overcommitment to um, like strange concepts. Like I, I like I had a uh, I had this uh, five-minute bit I was running about how uh, how tough it was for Kim Jong Kim Jong Un, um, and people gave him a hard time. But if you if you like if you show a bit of compassion and decency, like this is a man who lost his dad at 28, which is pretty young, and he's obviously going through some strife. And then I'm like, oh, dude, I like that. So counterintuitive shit that's really hard. But not not my first gig. But that's so hard to sell. Not my first gig. First gig. First joke. I remember that. I remember the joke was that uh, I just moved to the Gold Coast and I was really enjoying it here. Uh, you guys are crazy. Uh, I only found this out recently. Uh, one of my favorite things is that abortions only $69 and a quick drive up to Dreamworld, And that was the, uh, <laughs> that was the first one. And I tell you what, it did not go well. <laughs> it went about as well as that small smile that you gave it when I just told it to you then. <laughs> Dude, I zoned out as soon as I heard abortions. I was like, oh. A white guy with no connection to a boy just in there <laughs> drilling it for reaction. For- oh, and then you know what? You know what? I remember the tag too. I remember the tag because it was $69 in a drive up to Dreamworld and the tag was just 50... <laughs> 
$50 if they're under 16 years old. <laughs> Fuck, man. I wish I could go back and strangle myself. <laughs> like, How do you get the worst feedback as well? Because one of my first bits was about how scary are birds? And it was talking about being scared of pigeons and it had all act outs. Yeah. And I was told when I went into Raw that that was too weird. But now in reflection, having done comedy for fucking eight years or some shit, I'm yeah. like, that's probably the best bit I ever wrote. Yeah, Do you yeah. know, it was so original. But they were like, what the fuck? I'm like, I had an act out with like pigeons attacking you or something. And I'm like, since then, I've just got derivative dog shit. But how scary are birds as a premise was great, man. Or, or that I had this other bit where I, I, I said I thought I was the star of my own movie, which was like a narcissism bit and like, and it was yelling, um, fuck, I, I don't know what it was. It was yelling at the crowd if they didn't react, that they were all actors. And then, do you know what I mean? Like, and it was, it was probably better, like, it was way deeper than just going, oh, I'm a nuts. Oh, you might have heard of me. I've been in the paper recently. Yeah. Dishwasher for sale. Yeah. One owner. $300. But you don't have the stagecraft to, uh, to make it work, you know? Like, it can be the greatest premise, but those... That early on, it's it's never going to pan out. Do you realize? Do you remember I got in trouble I, in the semi-finals of Raw? I got in trouble because I had this idea that was, I'm gonna, I want to, I'm going, I'm going to leave on a roll. I want to leave on a roll, and then I said, this is the only way I know to do it. And then I would slowly lower myself to the ground and roll off the stage. <laughs> and I got caught in the curtain. <laughs> And I remember Susie Yusuf came up to me and goes, don't ever do that again, you dickhead. It was so fucking annoying. You, you caught up in the curtain, like you held up the you held up the night because I rolled the wrong way and then got sort of wrapped in the curtain and almost pulled it down. And so I'm going to leave you guys on a roll. Was it getting big laughs? No, it got hardly anything, but I loved it because I just basically rolled off the stage. I'm doing like social commentary, but then for some reason left on a roll which was lowering down onto your knees and rolling off. By the way, that's not like leaving on a roll isn't a saying. Like as you shoehorned yeah, yeah. that in so hard. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to leave you on. I wanted to, I want to, I'll leave on a roll or some shit and then I'll roll. It was the dumbest thing. But I remember people actually got angry because it was such a time waste because you had five minutes and because I couldn't see where I was rolling, it, it took me about two and a half minutes to get off the stage. <laughs> you know? And they're just staring at you with no reaction. But I'm like, I was braver then than I am now. I would never do that now. But I would know that it's so shit. Do you know what I mean? Like now I know how dumb it is. Stephen Wright said, uh, and I think this is such a, it's such a great observation and it's so true for stand-up, that the... Like the cruel irony with stand-up is that you start out and you're doing these pokey little rooms performing to 10 people and you get, you're getting nothing. And really what should happen, because uh, those are the hardest rooms to play, what should happen is that you start out and you're playing a 1,500-seat theatre and you come out and yeah. if the joke works, it works because there's 1,500 people there and you slowly work your way down until you're playing 10 people and then finally it's like, all right, you know what? You've been booked at a Bucks night, right? They're all fucking smashed. There's a stripper on before you. Make them laugh, cunt. And then you have the skills to do it. Oh, mate, you're so right. You can get good in front of like eight people. But then the only issue is if you're a confidence-based comic in the big rooms, you're nervous and that blocks you. But it's definitely, if you're funny to eight people, you would slay 
a 1,500-seater. Do you know, yeah, if you're getting yeah, yeah. applause breaks with eight people, yeah. you do that same performance in a theatre and you'll basically make people's fucking dicks blow off. Do you know what I mean? Like, you rip it. What a hurdle, though. Like, getting those, getting eight people to laugh is nigh on impossible. The best you can hope for is that when you get off stage at the break, someone comes up to you and they go, yeah, great set, man. And you're like, well, why don't you fucking make any noise at all? You know what I never understand with comics is when they go, yeah, how did how'd the album turn out? Yeah, really good. Very proud of it. My best work. I'm like, if you're a proper artist, you should be humiliated immediately because yeah. you're always updating. So at the moment you walk home, you, you should be devastated and just go, what the fuck was any of that shit? Yeah. It sucks. I hear it all the time. People going like, oh, I killed it. So good. I feel like humiliated. I feel anything like even a month old, you almost have to find and delete because you're like, oh my God. Do you know, I was just mm. looking even through tweets from about three months ago and you, it almost puts you to a point where you're going to delete your account. You're like, holy fuck, this fucking sucks. I can't believe, why did anyone even like this? What the fuck is this shit? It's so, I can tell I've got a mental health issue. I'm like, this guy's got bipolar. This is just me lashing out. This sucks. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. But I think you should, it will be like that the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Because Kitson, Kitson doesn't release any of his work because he hates it all. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a terrible stand-up comedian. Really bad. Um, I want to preface anything I say with that. It was not, it was not, I was not crushing, you know? People weren't going, hey, can you come and do this fucking gig, please? Yeah, and but do you know you. what you don't realise, Josh? Everyone's shit. Yeah, no, I agree. But what, what, all I was going to say is that, like, I would, I would at least, uh, f- for any open mic spot... If I wasn't going up with a new five minutes, I would, I'd feel, I'd hate it. I'd absolutely hate it because it felt like such a waste of time to, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, you got a gig on a, on a Thursday and it's the one gig you've got that week. Um, and you, you're like, well, am I going to go out and just do the same fucking jokes I did last week? So I, I, I would always find that like, I, I'd be happy to show someone a video of like my most recent set. And but then as soon as there was a new set, that old one, if they were if they if someone watched it, I'd go turn it off, turn, like get rid of it. Like I, I don't want anyone to ever see that again. That's the worst thing I've ever done. Do you know what I've realised so much is everyone wants progress, but they don't. We don't do any of the work, like because we had these fucking local awards and they have like best new joke. And I was like, well, how are they going to award that? Like I don't think anyone in Perth has written a new joke this whole year. Like I haven't heard one new joke except for some shit COVID. Stuff. I'm like, no one's written one joke in a whole year. But then we all get drunk in the green room and talk about how, like, there's no opportunities in Perth. Yeah. We just can't cop a break. I'm like, no one's done even one fucking deadlift. And we're wondering why we're not ripped. Yeah. It's like, we're, no one's done any work. I haven't done any work in about 18 months. Of course I've gone shit. Do you know what I mean? I haven't done fucking shit. I just go in and get drunk and take my money. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no progress. See, Got to be realistic. Well, it's like if you've got a 10-minute set, right? Uh, this, is, this is my whole idea with, uh, with Based is because I knew that so many people would be driving from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. I was like, all right, well, instead of doing five-minute spots, I'll do 10. It's, 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 10 minutes of stage time is infinitely more valuable than five minutes of stage time because in five minutes of stage time, you've got about 
two minutes to get them on your side, and then you've got three minutes, and you've got to close, and that's usually oh, dude, one hundred percent. So you've got two, you've got there's two minutes, there's two minutes of of pliability in there, of mal, of malleable uh, time that you can do whatever you want with. There's two minutes of um of sugar just to get them accustomed with who you are and to realise you're likable and yeah. understand your perspective, and then you've got officially two minutes to do material and it can't be at all risky because you've only just got them to trust you. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can't put the finger in the bumps. They're like, what the fuck? Fuck off. This guy's fucking dirty. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in five minutes, some bits could never work. I don't think some bits can work in the first five minutes. Oh, no. Like they, they, would, they would fuck people off. I find it because when I was doing that hour – I was forced myself to do shit that I normally do at the 40 to open. And it's so rocky because you're just in there like, burn in hell, God hates you. And then you open with that. You open with that at a gong show. And you're like, holy fuck. Fuck, they hated me. They, you know, they're actually physically angry as you go off. But at the 40, you're fine. I saw an incredible comedian, one of the best comedy writers in the country, um, Dude, was that me on my my recent trip? It was to you. It was you Gold on Coast. your recent trip two years ago <laughs> to the Gold Coast. Uh, and yeah. it was uh, Monday night, Broad Beach Tavern. Uh, There's probably 50 people. That was my crowd. gig. It was your gig, mate. This was you. This is a story about a thing that you did. Um, and I opened the show with... It, it's so funny, but it's so obvious why it didn't work. It gets on stage, play the music. Please welcome to the stage, Andrew Wolf. Gets up and goes, uh, "Hey everyone, welcome to the annual pedophile convention." And just crickets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Is it, mate. it might even be no. <laughs> just that. Oh, mate! You know who taught me that was Steve Hughes because I had um. I had a bit that was opening at the comedy store and it was about um, chasing someone with scissors and I was saying, well, how else are you going to stab them? And then it's like your opening joke was some shit about attacking someone with scissors and he was like, hey, mate, like a little bit of sugar to start, eh? Like just a heads up, like you can't go straight in. Mate, it's Mary Poppins, dude. That's all it is. It's a spoonful of sugar and then you, f- and then you put the deck in. And then I realised even him, and I thought he was doing all hateful shit, especially he's doing all this misogynist stuff at, at the end. And I was like, even he opens with a little bit like, oh, you know, bit of candy, bit of candy. And then in go like, bitches ain't shit or whatever the fuck he's doing recently. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, you all, what kind of monster doesn't fucking spit on their hand before they throw it in there? You know, you're not going. Dude, in. you know what? You know what the best analogy is, is if you're meeting someone and you're trying to pick someone up, that pretty much sums up what you have to do in stand up. Mm. Like you can't just walk into a bar and go, like, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You have to at least go, Hey, how's your night? Can I have a little giggle? <laughs> you yeah, can't just yeah. go like, I am going to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then wonder why like bouncers are grabbing you. <laughs> like it's, it's so dumb. Have you played that game before where you have uh, done the rounds at a bar and just propositioned? Cause <laughs> you know, if there's a hundred people in the bar, right. And you, yeah. everyone, you approach all of them and go, Hey, you want to go home with me? And just cold open with that, you know, out of a hundred, one of them's going to say yes. Have you done that before? A mate of mine who's like a top lawyer now had this theory and he was going, he would go into the bar and say like, 
if you if you want to have sex tonight, just let me know. And like he would say it to every single girl, and then he'd go and get his Red Bull and vodkas and dance. And then inevitably, at about four hours later, a girl would go like, "Let's dance," and like you know what I mean? She'd, she'd try it everywhere else, and she was just like, "You know what? Fuck it." That gingerhead dickhead over there near the jukebox has laid it out for me. I'll go and, do you know, it's like the late night kebab. And she's like, you know what? Man, you go in and you go, hey, look, I don't know what you're up to this evening, but I want to put it out there. Plan B right here. You don't find anything better. I'm going to be having a dance. I'd like to have sex tonight. You'll find me. You know, I'd like to have sex tonight. See how you go tonight. But if not, I'm going to be here all night. And, (laughs) The thing is, most people will hate you and point you out and go, like, that slimy fucking ginger boy. But they're one in a hundred would be like, you know what? My, my fucking cheating partner needs to learn a lesson. Exactly. What better thing than getting screenshots with this ginger fuck? <laughs> you know, it's a spider. You know where to find me? I'm in the Hawaiian shirt. Very vibrant colours. Very distinctive. Not very easy to miss. <laughs> and just to let you know, I'm sweating because I'm overweight, not because I'm drunk. Later it'll be because I'm drunk, but right now it's because I, I my BMI is through the fucking roof. But I would like to have sex with you at some point. So come get me if my cardio, if I'm not dead from a heart attack, Come over, baby. What's your usual move in public? Dude, I haven't picked up for years, but mine was like pre-Me Too. Wait, firstly, firstly, you haven't picked up for years like cold cold in a bar, you mean, or at a venue? Cold. I used to pick up, my my main move used to be to go walk past and just give a light slap on the side of the face and then keep walking. (laughs) Are you fucking serious? Are you serious? With a cheeky smile and then they would always come over and go, who the fuck? And then I go, hey man, how are you? And then like they would always be inquisitive of like not like a proper slap. I'm just saying like you know like a like you do with uh, a kid like a silly yeah like sort of, you know an upward face. slap yeah little... like a playful one like you just go like that and then keep walking past with your drink like a Tony Soprano like a on the side of the face yeah 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 just like just like look like like what you would do when you're putting um, aftershave you know when you're shaving a guy and you just do that yeah. little slap I'm a not little, talking a proper a little... one. Fucking forget about it on the side. A little cutesy slap as I walk past with my drink. Yeah. And I would find seven out of ten of the girls, if not immediately, would then try. There's no need to. (coughs) There's no need to rate them, brother. No, no, no. But I'm saying like at least seventy percent would end up going like. Oh, seventy. They'd either go, "Who the fuck do you think you are?" And I'd be like, "Hey, man, how you going? You having a good night?" Like I just dismiss it as if nothing had happened. Yeah, yeah. And they would almost always. Then I didn't establish the connection because I feel like as long as they're talking to you, you're on. Well, it's a man. It's a it's a physical neg, which is like it's disgusting that it works, but a neg a neg does work because you they you engage with them, and if you're if you're real sly, you can do a neg, and then uh, and then have a and the the conversation that follows is all really nice and it's it's really good and they they forget about the neg but it it's it immediately they want to confront you like they want to it, this is true this is true with everyone man they want to know who you are why you thought you could do that and it's only an issue if you linger on it it's like a door knocker if you go hey sorry i knocked on your door you're done you knock on the door and straight away go like hey beautiful dress you're wearing babe you, you look great in that nighty with those slippers have you heard about foxtel what are you watching on tv these oh, days that would be the forget. move dude that would be the move is to rock up you're a door knocker you roll around you're selling telstra packages you knock on the door they answer and you go oh, oh not for you mate and they're like what and you go 
oh no, no don't worry about it man and they go what and you go no no it's oh look we're sell- we're sell- i'm selling foxtel but like- no dude that's too much that's too immediate what the move is to go and say you're wearing your foxtel outfit you knock and say look I've lost my dog. Can I just come in the backyard and look for it? <laughs> and then you start talking about your dog and how much you love your dog. Oh, you've got a dog as well. And then you sit down oh, and go, mate. You know what I love? I love watching the dogs, mate. We've actually got a great new package with the dog racing channel, TAB package. It's thirty percent off for the next three months, and you know what? You get a free HBO Max subscription too. Dude, you've got a hard set. You're like, oh, you know. One of the hardest parts of losing that dog is this job I've got, this Foxtel door-to-door is not really working despite the amazing deal. <laughs> and it's over $500 to get a new corgi. Do you know what I mean? And then you chat and you go like, what's this Foxtel deal? And she goes, it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't read about it, Beth. One of the best deals going. No one wants it because I'm fucking knocking. Because I'm knocking, they won't. T- they think it's a fucking scam. And then she's in there crying, tr- signs for the dog. That, dude, that's a, that is a huge act out. I still think if you knock on the door and the guy answers and you go, oh, no, don't, oh, don't worry about it, man. Like, you made, you, like you've immediately made a snap judgment that either A, they're not worth it, or B, they can't afford it. They will, they will, you will have piqued their interest. That's your end. Dude, immediately, oh, 100%. and you know what? You then do not have to try and remember the name of a fake dog. <laughs> do you know what killed me the most was um, Christmas party last year with the comedy lounge? The bouncer was there, and I got I bought a drone for one of the comics, and then I go, I'll show you how to fly it, and I just pressed up until it basically disappeared into the sky, laughing hysterically. I go, oh, <laughs> mate, I'll show you how to fly it, and I just flew it hundreds of like k's off into the air and it just disappeared and then i laughed my ass off but anyway this bouncer went to find it and he was door knocking but he was blackout drunk and that was one of the roughest things i ever had because he would knock on the door and go can we check your backyard for the drone and it was a rougher area and the guy was like fuck off what are you doing around our house at night? And he was like, what's your fucking problem, cunt? Like, we want to come and check for the drone. I eventually had to run off. This guy was getting into fights at people's houses because he's knocking at 8.30, do you know, saying, I want to come into your backyard and look for a drone. But, you know, you know, like, there's definitely a temperament to make people trust the, you. The adult equivalent of going, sorry, mister, we kicked our ball into your backyard. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had that when growing up. We had a, we were playing as kids and we saw a, um, a guy run into the neighbour's house. He stopped his car, ran in the neighbour's house. And then we were like, Oi, mister, what are you doing? And then he, he bent down and grabbed a tennis ball and picked it up, just getting this, and then ran to his car and sped off. Like he was basically going to do a break and entry. But he just had a tennis ball in his pocket to go like, lost me tennis ball. I'm like, that, well, that's weird. Fuck, that's a move. Oh, my God, I'm man. like, that's weird, cunt, because I'm like, we've been playing on the street all day, and I'm like, you must have thrown that from three streets away because we, we fucking patrol the waters like sharks. This is our gang area. This is our local skateboard area. Like, we know you fucking drove up here, dickhead. Dude, you know what a great move is? You get a, uh, uh, like, oh, a kitten would be perfect, man. You get a kitten, you carry that around with you in, you, you know those hoodies where they've got the pocket at the front? You carry yeah, it around yeah, in yeah. the hoodie, right? You scope out a place, someone catches you, you pull the kitten out, and you go, oh, Mr. Marbles, I found you. And they're going, who the fuck are you? Go, oh, my kitten, like, I opened the door of the car, he jumped out, I ran out, I'm so sorry. And, you, man, you're golden, dude. 
you got like no one would question that. And you're like, dude, he, he snuck into your house right near the office safe. <laughs> That's where he went. It was warm there. He was near the office. As safe. soon as you're inside the house, I don't think the cat excuse is working <laughs> anymore. But but while you're scoping it out, did you in the house in the office going through drawers? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I was just looking for his collar. I found him in the back, but his collar must have got trapped here near the keys to your car. But um, <laughs> do you know, you know what fucked you up with the slap? Yeah, it did happen once or twice. Was um, if the girl had a guy part, a, a partner oh, that was yeah. there? That's not going to be well received. That's was a big issue because then I would then I would see her that the move then with the light snap was to go over and then I could see her talking to a big bald guy with tattoos pointing over to me. And then I'd be like, okay, guys, let's leave this by. It's bullshit. The music sucks. We're going to go fucking. We're going to go. I want to go into King's Cross, man. We have a real party. We're going to go. Hey, we're going to go. Did you ever get a slap back on the, uh, on the, on the, the fucking Gandalfini move? Dude, I have, been, I have been chased before by a group of guys and I... Um, in Reading, and I, I was running, and they were going to fuck me up, and I hid down an alley. Do you know what I mean? I turned a corner, hid down an alley, and then heard them run on, almost like a cartoon. Was this post-slapping a woman in the face? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd done like a little – or I, I think that was more. I was trying to pick up or something, and it was someone's partner. <laughs> yeah. That might, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a very bra- you know. brazen move when you're running the risk of her turning around to a giant man who you didn't think was associated. Dude, but the thing is – Anyone that saw it, do you know, there is a playful, like this sounds like a me too, like, but I'm saying this was playful, do you know, almost like, you know, where you just do like a little high five or a flick, flick or ruffle someone. It's almost like ruffling someone's hair. It was of that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Hey, get on ya. Well, I think you could like, do I'm the not same fucking, thing. I'm not doing like, I'm not doing like domestic violence slaps. It's not domestic. You're out and about. It's just regular assault. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Dude, that, what a thing to say. Hey, it's not domestic if you take them for a drive. You're like, I've never domestically <laughs> abused her. I always drove her to a park or a lookout. It's only vehicularly. <laughs> Man, domestic I, violence. I'd, I had to call the I had to call the police on a on park based domestic violence one time where I was taking the dogs for a walk and there's just a man screaming at some woman sitting at a park bench and I was like oh I am not big enough to approach and try and defuse the situation <laughs> I hope other people yeah. are calling the police as well and someone shows up real quick the worst thing is you I've got involved before but because the girls like often married with kids. The guy ends up shoving you and then you end up like, fuck off, mate. You become the bad guy. You become the bad guy and then often the girl goes, just leave it. And then they walk off yeah, to go yeah. and get like a, 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 good, a box wine and you're like, fucked. And you're like, what the fuck? I almost got stabbed. And like she's, she, she, she ended up attacking me as well. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Fuck, this sucks. Do you know what I mean? Because they often will, they'll often both jump on you. What you need to realize is that you're you're not the knight in shining armor. Because if if their relationships at a point where uh, she's being yelled at or assaulted in public, like it's not this is not the first time. You know what I mean? She's had a thousand, or he they they have had Dude. a thousand op, uh, opportunities to leave, and they haven't taken them, and they've defended them till the very bitter end. And so that's that's the knight. 
that he is her knight in shining armor and you're the fucking dragon man. Dude, 100%. And you know what you become? Someone that's trying to pick her up. Effectively, yeah. you look like yeah. a sleazy guy that's trying to swoop in and go like, I never treat you like that, sweetheart. I can like, You're a bloody you princess that. with those tattoos all over your face <laughs> and the fucking tracks up your arm. You're a gorgeous little girl. You know, they, they think like you're actually trying to make a move. They've got rose-tinted glasses on, man. They, they see... You're, you see the dragon, they see the, sh- the armor. Like they see, it's, it's a dragon in, in a fucking costume and you can see it, but they can't because they've been around it for too long. Dude, and that's true. And then they get angry. Like, don't you talk to Wayne like that. He's just out of prison. His dad, his dad was a fucking pig to him. He lost his job. He can't, he's fucking dyslexic. Of course he's hitting. Can't even read a fucking bus timetable. Who wouldn't hit if you couldn't read a bus timetable? Wayne's a fucking sweetheart. They always they justify it. I reckon your move would work on uh, on a big man as well, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you wandered up to a big guy and you're out at night and you go, what the fuck are you looking at, cunt? And he turns around and you go, I'm just fucking around, man. How you doing? Like, that initial, that initial adrenaline spike, it's like... Uh, I feel like this is some kind of psychology trick that I, I'm sure you'd read, you could read somewhere. I'm sure I could find it, but it's like you spike the adrenaline up, and then the emotion's running hot, and then you flip the emotion. You know what I mean, dude? A hundred percent, because you can go like, "Oi, fucking easy, cunt," and then and then you go like, "Just kidding," as if I'd say it to a fucking big boy like you, you know? And then they're like, "Good one, mate." Exactly. Yeah. Love it. And then you're suddenly best mates with them. Do you know what I mean? You, you shove them and go, I'll fuck you right up, you cunt. <laughs> you're like, just kidding. And then you become like their lovable Jack Russell. So I love this little boy. He's got so much spunk. Yeah, man. Do you know I, they always flip. I'd do that in high school. I'd do that in high school to uh, uh, avoid anyone who might be a potential bully, you know? Dude, I was doing it at that bikey club. I was doing little jokes. Someone got patched. We talked about you getting patched, mate. How uh, how did your, uh, your your bikey corporate gig go? I can't say too much, man, because I heard later on, if you talk about this shit, like they will beat the fuck out of you. But I will tell you that I told one of the guys that got patched, I go, oh, that's a bit of a tight fit. And then everyone, all the other gang members laughed at him. And then I saw him, he took it off in the change room, which was like that slap What do you bit. mean? He took the jacket off? Yeah, he took it. I go, a bit of a tight fit though, mate, because oh, he was a big, like, fat were you, guy. Were you brave enough to then later go, you didn't take it off, did you? No, no. But you know what I did is I, I got cut off at the bar there by a guy with tattoo. Fuck, but, you got cut off at a bikey bar, Wolfie. That's when you know you've got a drinking problem. He goes, you had enough, mate. <laughs> you've had enough. Everyone there was like deadly. <laughs> and I actually bombed there, dude. And what? I was yelling, going, what's it? What's at a bikey club is this? I'm like, there's not even any prostitutes here. I'm like, this is like a, a, a place you'd store rugs, mate. This isn't a fucking gang house. But anyway, I can't say much more, man, because it was a good night. Yeah. I don't know where it was. I don't know what happened because I was going to be so loose-lipped, but it was a random venue. But all I'm saying is what I did. Sure, sure, sure. I'm so I'm so glad I didn't talk about it straight after. And then we released Because I would it. have got in yeah. trouble. Yeah, it's lucky that you've been unavailable to record a podcast for 20 fucking days. It's been real fortunate. I've had COVID. Yeah, you've had COVID. Yeah, sure. I wish you did, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, I reckon everyone should just get COVID and let God decide who's worthy. Do you know what I mean? Stop <laughs> hiding from Mother Nature. <laughs> That's fair enough. I was going to... I'll ask some questions that I think are interesting and I'll try not to be 
two probing and then you answer what you think you can. But okay. so it, it, was it, it was a patch ceremony. Is that what the thing was? Yeah, man, it was a patch over with, I can't say who. And then, so, and the thing was the next day, I thought it was so fun. The Duke, the Duke of Devils, mate. It was with the Duke of Devils. It was the Duke, it actually changed the club that I went to. It was a different place than what I mentioned in earlier pods. Yeah, yeah, it was the Duke of Devils. <laughs> but you know, you know what the thing was? Um, it seemed so fun because you were chatting to all these people and they were like massive Goliaths. But then um, in the cold light of day when I got home on Sunday, I was Googling them all and I was oh, like, oh, yeah. oh shit. Criminals. I was like, holy shit. It's like six police officers trying to pin him down in a backyard. Do you know as he bites their dick off? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Did- I shouldn't have told him that his, his patch was a bit tight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the thing is, I was like a kid in a candy shop because we had been invited there. Yeah. They had said, whatever you do, don't touch the fat accountant. Let him do what he wants. So I could run around just like, I'm sure if I'd, if I'd gone there normal terms, like they hated me so much. They, the thing is, I only bombed because they didn't listen to me because they were like, who is this it's cunt? Such a, man, it's such a weird mashup that they're going, look, it's a patch ceremony. And what usually happens at a patch ceremony, like doesn't someone get their face beaten? But at this one, we've got a comedian. Oh, we saw him at the lounge, mate. He's a fucking riot. It's me going like, so I'm living with my parents, Do you know, <laughs> and they're just like, what the fuck? And go like, I can't connect. I've got anxiety. I said, I think I said, are any of you guys anxious? I'm anxious <laughs> in life. And they were just like, what the fuck? I reckon if I'd gone there, if I'd seen, if, if I ever saw them in normal life, they would hit me in the back of the head with a <laughs> shovel immediately. But I must say the psychology of what you're saying of the little ah, give them a little rib, yeah, and then go fuck. I'm not dumb, mate. I really did work on the night. I think some like me, but to be honest, I think they would kill me if they ever yeah. saw me again. Well, it's funny. It's funny the idea of you going like, oh, I'm anxious. Is anyone else anxious? It's like that. I I don't. You can't have an anxiety disorder and be a biker. You know what I mean? It's like that. Whatever part of your brain up the front there that processes anxious thoughts and things like oh, I'm gonna die one day. Oh my god! Those are the things that prevent you from getting from getting bashed in and patched up. Imagine uh, explaining to one of the you know you're one of the prospects and you explain to one of the bigger guys that look, look, I'm just going all right, but. I- you know, I'm getting panic attacks when we're doing the drop-offs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, mate, uh, you got a you got a collection to make on Thursday, mate, uh, 11 a.m. And you're like, oh no, fuck me, can we move it? I've uh, I've got a I've got a therapy appointment then. I Dude, got- I love that. And they go, hey mate, you got your patching ceremony, and go like, can I do it remotely? I'm I'm not that great in big groups at the moment, Terry. Yeah, can I zoom in? <laughs> Terry, can I do it remotely? I'm a bit, I'm a bit anxious in group situations at the moment. I'm on fucking Lexi Pro, and I've got some other fucking. I'm on. A, I'm having beta blockers almost every day. Terry, I'm happy. I'm happy for the. Uh, I'm happy for the. You know, what's, is it called a fight in? Is that the thing, or the or the beat in where they, uh, where, you, where like the Dude, initiation? Oh, I, the thing is, I didn't get to see a lot of it because they went up. They went upstairs. I just hung around with all the the, what appeared to be like prostitutes or something down the bottom like yeah. we were, uh, basically this is when you realize comedy is prostitution the alcohol prostitutes and comics were just left like out on the lawn I, <laughs> you know like, they just files of shit i like i love the idea uh i love it where it's someone 
who wants to is like look look terry mate i'm fine like i can't i'm, I'm looking forward to the n- initiation mate um all good i'm getting you know the fight in that's great you, you all you guys are gonna bash me that's fine but like can we just can we just only have like oh no like five or six of you do it and the rest of the clubhouse wait in another room because if i'm being honest i'm just i'm just not very good with crowds mate i'm not i'm not good in front of an audience dude i love that <laughs> Or he's like this, look, I'm happy for all the hits and shit, but can there be no name, name calling? Some of those things like <laughs> D- Dick Swiller. Dick Swiller, especially as a nickname, calling me Dick Swiller is fucking, it's not right. Dude, Anxious Bikey is a great character, man. Anxious Bikey is so fucking Dude, good. I, love, I love that <laughs> panic attacks. That is so good. But they actually did have that. That was Tony Soprano in Sopranos. Which was a depressed. Yeah, yeah, but the I think the like the difference between a bikey and a and a and a mobster like a mafioso, you know, uh, a fucking what are the a friend of ours, worlds apart. Do you know what killed me the most was I got there early, so I didn't want to go into the the gang clubhouse, so I stood out the front, and they kept doing like this car kept going back and forward, and they saw me. Like I looked like an undercover cop because they kept seeing me and then I started moving to different areas to go like, oh, I hope he doesn't spot me again. And then the third time he drove past, I was like smoking behind a bush and I saw him like slow down and I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to get fucking rolled before I even got in there because they're like, there's some fat fucking undercover cunt. He's peeking on us, do you know, because they've got it all cameraed up and shit and they've probably been watching me the whole time, sort yeah. of moving around, looking... I think, man, the difference is, like, uh, it's it's even cultural, you know? Like, you're not going to a bikey clubhouse. And, like, no one... T- Terry's not kissing you on the cheek when you walk into the bikey clubhouse and going, Hey, fucking, here he is, the fucking wolfie over here. Dude, do you know what the thing is? They all shake hands, but they do it in the sort of gang shake, and I shook hands like a chartered accountant. <laughs> and they kept getting these weird moments where, like, I'd be like, Pleased to meet you. And they you they're doing that thing where they where they where they cl- like clasp and then like go, go in for a quick hug. Yeah, they do that clasp and the grab and yeah. the hit. With me, they would I would shake, then they'd look down and go like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? He's a narc. He's a narc." And then walk dude, off. you know what would have been the move, man? Is every time you were introduced to someone, is to hold your hand out like you're a princess, <laughs> dude. Like the Frozen, <laughs> I can sell you a dream, and you sing it like you're this sort of effeminate. One of the guys actually corrected me and goes, mate, mate, you got to fucking put the arm, put it down, mate. Oh, like, like put he, it in. he was trying to teach you how to shake hands like He corrected a me. He goes like, dude, you're freaking people out because you're, you're shaking like, you know what I mean? Because I was like. You're shaking like you're their, uh, you're their publicly appointed attorney coming to represent them for a case. No, I was shaking like, like I was like, don't touch me, you <laughs> filthy man. <laughs> Not after, not before a wash, mate. Get your dirty hands. They're off. going, they're going in for the clasp, and you're pushing them back and giving them a, a fist bump. Or you're saying, mate, social distance and presenting your elbow. I'm like, get your nicotine fucking stained drug hands away from me, you, you vermin. I, dude, I would never do it. I would never do it again because I really? realized. Well, I just felt like I had fun, but I realized that. The moment when the guy with all tattoos over his face, that's enough. The cunt's had enough. 
was the moment I realized that I, something really bad could have happened to me because once I'm in that state, everything's a, a comedy to me. I think it's funny. Oh, like when, when you were getting cut off, you mean? I was saying some crazy shit to them about how like I might have been the central leader from one of the other gangs. I was saying some crazy shit for jokes. Yeah, really and, baiting um, not all, not all the premises were hitting. It was right. like an open mic. I was workshopping some ideas. Mate, it's a different... I tell, I tell you what, mate, you've got a bloody different sense of humour, these Duke Devils, don't they? I'll be like, come on, mate, lighten up. There's no way I'm the centre of the organisation. It was just a bit of a role play. I love, I love you performing for 20 minutes to absolute silence to just the biggest group of the biggest cunts with the biggest fucking face tattoos. And then at the end of your set, you're like, anyway, guys, always good to leave on a roll. <laughs> you get down oh, and slowly so roll Do you know away. what actually happened? The guy that booked me and four of them were laughing. Yeah. And when I came off, some said, we loved it. I'm like, fuck. Well, you should have fucking reacted. But <laughs> Anything I went up to the guy good. that booked me. Yeah. I went up to the guy that booked me and said, mate, I'll give you a thousand bucks to fucking to pretend that never happened and just don't kill me. <laughs> and he was like, he laughed at that. So that was all right. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. You got him on, you got him on the end. Uh, you clutched. No, dude, the thing was, I actually got anyone that listened to me laughed because I was drunk and I was pretty loose and I was saying some crazy ass shit about bikies. Of course you were, man. That I never would have thought I would say in their clubhouse, which was fucking ridiculous like i should never i was trying to riff and workshop and yeah. there was some um bad shit like in reflection the next day i was like what the fuck were you thinking you dumb dumb ass did you do that thing where you're on stage for three minutes and then you uh you took the notebook and you folded it up and you said look guys i don't think any of my uh pre-written material is going to work here tonight so how about we talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about oh mate <laughs> do you know what the thing um yeah, the thing how's is... A, uh, how's the meth trade these days, Terry? Yeah? <laughs> Dude, you know what the thing is as well? Like, they're so clean when you're there because they... I think, like, when you've got third parties there, you never see a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, more they're not like, letting you see what they're actually up to, right? Like like you said, they, they, what, what did they go into the upstairs room to do? Well, I, I think to patch over and do all that sort of gang stuff. But you know what the right. thing was? Most of the guys I spoke to that were high up because I spoke to a lot of them were like non-tattooed sort of businessmen. Like there was one or two that I spoke and had good chats about like property investment and shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they were like, they were the original founders. So yeah, at yeah, the yeah. top was basically a chartered accountant. That's just tricked some <laughs> dumb fuckers to do some running for them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, like the guy I spoke to that's very high up, you wouldn't know was a bikey. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my next question was, uh, was it a well-paid gig? Mate, it was all right. I only did like 10 minutes and I got like a few hundred bucks. It's pretty good. A few hundred? Mate, that's a corporate, yeah. brother. You're underselling the corporate. You're, you're undermining the comedy industry. Mate, you're what's wrong with the fucking industry. These this is why this is why wages are stagnant. No, but I got drinks and I got other drinks and other stuff oh, you throughout got the night. Others, yeah, I bet you do get some other stuff, man. You get a little, you know, get a bit of a workout. No, a free t-shirt and hat. Yeah. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, get a workout. <laughs> Mate, um, nah, that okay, was what well, the surprise okay, was. Don't say anything. Just answer me this. What time were you able to finally go to sleep? 
I got home at 5 a.m. But <laughs> I'll, you know, I thought you were going to say one sniff or two sniff. If <laughs> no, dude, get out of this. There was nothing there. I'm only joking. There actually wasn't. Holy they shit. They were they were actually pretty clean. Like they weren't really fucking yeah. partying. Yeah, it's just fucking. They, but they're smart, dude. They're not dumb. Because man, I went to a I went to an after party uh, a few weeks ago for a show, like just a, a a comic show. And some guy was a fan and was like, "Mate, come around. I got a fucking warehouse." And we go around and dude, it, it was fucking nuts, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, In terms yeah, yeah. of substances. Uh, and it, well, it, the thing <laughs> is, the the thing is with um, because they're tracked, they're more aware. Do you know if you're just Joe Schmo at a party? No one's coming to your house. No one cares. It's a bit like the, um, you know, everyone that's worried about the vaccines can attract them. And I'm like, what, are you going to find out you live in the suburbs? Like, you don't do anything, you dumb bitch. (laughs) You you dumb fucker. Do do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't get tracked. No one cares if we're doing drugs, dude. This tracking device doesn't doesn't track how many glasses of red wine you've had for lunch, Cheryl. You're going to be safe in the mum's group. Oh, has Jeff played squash? <laughs> Fucking checkmate, Jeff. We got ya. <laughs> the FBI's got ya. We never thought you exercised with a fat frame like that, but you, you have a weekly game of squash, do you? Eighth in the state yeah. in uh, Queensland. That's a shout-out to you, Nick Carr, you fat fuckhead. Yes. Pod war. The pod war has begun. Oh, man. We're coming that was, in. That was something. Fucking Nick Carr having a go at, uh, firstly, calling me a scalper. It was an investment, you tubby fuck. And it paid off very well, thank you. Um, my, I, me and my big jar of money uh, are going to be quite happy. And if I tell you what, if you ever come across the, uh, the car crash pod on your, uh, on your podcast app, do, give it a one-star review and move the fuck on. Dude, and I, you know what the thing is? That money you got from scalping is probably all you'll pay him in the next 18 months of gigs oh. at, at every gold case. Well, Nick, mate, Nick doesn't do pay gigs. But do you know what I would like to say to you, Nick? I know it's all fun, but there are a lot of people that have lost a family member in a car crash. It's not fun to make light of it with your title. That's true, mate. You know, look, I was I was scalping to some uh, rich cunts driving around in uh, in, in a, a Mercedes C63s in the middle of the day. You, your podcast that you're actively promoting is incredibly hurtful to people who have lost loved ones. Dude, imagine if we got him banned by tagging in families. Like, uh, I've lost a loved one in a car crash, and we go Hashtag tag car, car crash, crash podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they misconstrue it. It ends up getting cancelled from Apple and and. and iPhone. If you haven't listened to the car crash pod, and I imagine that you haven't, um, all it is is uh, it's like an, a ser- serial episodic where uh, where Nick Carr uh, goes through the obituaries and then uh, digs up dirt on anyone who's been involved in any sort of automotive altercation, from fender benders to full-on family wipeouts to school buses colliding with trees. Mate, he goes through, lists them off, and and. And he doesn't stop there. He, di- he Like I said, he digs up dirt, right? He goes in, deep dives all their Facebook profiles, and he goes, oh, Jeff, you were sad about him. He's a cunt. He's a fucking cunt. Dude, he's an ambulance, an ambulance chaser. Yes. And he's like, oh, was it, was it that big a loss? He had left his kids weeks earlier. Fucking good riddance. Good riddance to a fucking pig. <laughs> Dude, I do like that if we tagged 
his <laughs> podcast to <laughs> no one car crashes. Oh, you know, you know, you know those roadside uh, uh, effigies, man. You go around those and you put up a car crash pod promotion <laughs> over the just a sticker that says "car crash pod." And it's got his his little logo over the eyes of the uh, of the person that they're eulogizing. Dude, I love that. Like they're zooming in, and it's a Easter crash, and they've got it wrapped around a tree. And I'm standing there with this sign behind it, which is "Listen to the Car Crash Podcast." <laughs> <laughs> you can get so cancelled, man. That's gonna have to happen. If you subscribe to the pod, Car Crash Pod Patreon, you can also get some of their bonus episodes. Uh, train wreck pod, airplane crash pod, shipwreck pod. He goes through them all, mate. Any sort of vehicular. Mate, he loves it. Lost at sea, uh, runaway, missing children. He's got a big thing of that. He loves that. Never returned home from school. It's like one of those true crime podcasts, but instead of trying to solve the crime, Nick Carr goes after the victim in a really brutal and honestly quite sickening way. You know what I'm loving about the show? Because people that listen to it will come, but then no one else... It's sort of like, you know, the comedian that does a show and go like, if this doesn't work, I'm giving up, or the, the worst show you've never seen, or... Uh, quit now, fuckhead, uh, Nick Cody, and they got their quotes, and it's always negative. And um, his his is called car crash comedy. And it, <laughs> if you haven't listened to the pod, it, it looks like one of those self-deprecating titles. Do you know what I mean? A write-off, a waste of your time. Well, he's doing a festival show called Car Crash Comedy, so everyone everyone that sees it will think it's like come and have your time wasted or an absolute unadulterated nightmare of a show fucking my first go open mic does his best you know what I'm like, no one's gonna randomly circle it car crash comedy he did dusty's comedy circus as chlamydia the clown uh and full clown makeup he's uh he's just walking around the audience uh like with roaming microphone full clown so taking drinks from people's tables and sculling them in front of him. And then he gets back up on stage and I and he starts doing nangs. <laughs> he starts doing oh nangs. Oh, my God. He so is good, it, man. And to man, be honest... it was uh, like his character, his onstage persona, is so perfectly suited to wearing a clown costume that, like, I don't want him to ever perform again without the clown costume because it takes... Dude, it's totally seamless. Oh, it is seamless, man. It's 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 it gives you the visual the visual for what he's trying to do on stage. It was fucking beautiful. That is who he is. He's Bobo the clown. And you know what's funny? My ears are burning because I'm meant to be meeting up with him for drinks in the next hour in Fremantle. Him him and Daslo. Like I just got a message. Yesterday, oh, with Nick. That's yeah. This is why it came in. I'm I'm actually meeting up with him, so <laughs> I'm gonna go. No, I, I love the guy. Fucking he's a good bloke. I don't know him as well as I should. Bash him when you see him, mate. But that's how you get to know someone, right? You start off with a you start off with the jab. So make sure you uh you say what's up, fat fuckhead, and then uh, and then go. Oh, I'm just I'm just kidding, mate. Dude, that He'll that is that. actually how you make friends in Australia. You slag them off. On a podcast, then you do the exact same jokes. Like now, I'll get drunk in Frio at the little creatures. I yell in his ear, 
We said that it was a fucking car crash because your comedy's fucking <laughs> shit, mate. You're a fat fucking clown. <laughs> and then we'll have a big laugh and he'll go, well, no one fucking, everyone thinks you're a blackout drunk, you fuckhead. And then we'll have a big laugh, get a kebab, and then we'll be like, good, he's a good bloke, he's a good bloke. <laughs> Do you know? That's what always happens, hey? if, if you rock up to drinks and ask him where the fucking clown makeup is, they'll make me very happy if that's your opening line. Dude, I did actually see footage of it. It looked good, man, it's because the thing great. was, he really does good. a lot of physical comedy anyway, so, like, Dusty was on do the you mean? Do you mean physical comedy like he's overweight and he's a comedian? Yeah, pretty much. Just it's everything he does. You know, there's a big laugh. He I, says, "I was down at Office Works," and you're like, "Oh, I would have fucking imagine him squeezing in through that door." <laughs> imagine the sliding doors closed, and he's so slow he can't even get through them, and he's trapped. He's trapped in the sliding doors, mate. <laughs> Dude, I have to go soon. This pod, we we won't be able to upload this app. Yeah, we will. This is fine. We've almost done an hour forty. Well, how long till you have to leave? Well, I've got to go soon, man, because I've got to go out. You better how soon? Firstly, you're two hours late to record the fucking thing, you piece of human. Cunt. You know what I loved is I lied to you. I actually went down to the beach for a swim. I'm sure you did, man. I'm sure you're a scumbag. <laughs> you're the, you might be the worst person I know. Um, uh, but no, but tell me how long because I've got some things written down and I don't want to start getting into them. But I want. Dude, don't do it because we'll do an app tomorrow. Buy every stock. When are we? When are we going to do an app tomorrow? Well, what? tomorrow I'm wide open, baby. I've yeah, got nothing. But tomorrow I got a gig at uh, at six, so we're going to do it. We're yeah, but I'll be able to do it straight after, so we can combine these two. So let's just peg it here, and then we'll make a super app. No, this is a, this is enough. This is enough for another episode, man. I'm not doing. I'm re- I'll, I'll, yeah, but we need to have more funnies in there. This, dude, this one's been really funny. But you know what? I want to get into ne- next episode. I, you, I'm going to give you the premises, and you tell me what you think of the premises. All right, and then we can do pick of the week, yep. and we can fuck off. Okay. Because we're going to talk about Dalton, how he went to hospital. Yeah, we're well, going to talk about that, and then also Dalton and I came up with a a buddy cop a buddy cop film called. Gay guy and eagle, and the <laughs> and the basic premise is. Oh no! I'll wait till tomorrow to even tell you what the premise is. But it's fucking hot. Let's save it all, man. Dalton actually tweets the best stuff. I love it. Dalton whiskey comedian on Twitter. He's very good. And then uh, the other one is a business idea. A business because I don't. This one is actually unusable because I don't know how to make it funny. But what about uh, now that they've gone under? I reckon you could buy uh, buy them out and reopen uh, as fight or flight center. <laughs> Oh, mate, that would be perfect. <laughs> so stew on that because I don't really know. I don't have any. I got the premise, but well, I don't we'll know where the fuck it goes. We'll riff off that, man. But you know what my tip is? <laughs> All right, it's time for picks of the week. Okay, so we'll give. Obviously, if it had hit pay dirt, it'll be all right. There'll be further drilling down the line, but mm-hmm. until then, it's on ice, mm-hmm. and there might be a cap raising. But Buru B R U was very interesting because it's um. It's finally got its farming deal with Origin Energy, and it looks good, man. Obviously, brain Wait, where's, chip- B- where's BRU? I don't think we've uh, discussed BRU before. Yeah, it's new, dude. Oh, it's a new one. A bloody fucking new Look, one. They, had, they had some Energy. fallbacks. They've been, do you know what I mean? They've been around the 30-cent mark. Uh, back in the day, they were worth a fucking shit ton in 2013, but they've been around the 30-cent mark, and then there was just some issue financing this new program. But Origin Energy's come on board for the full farm, and so oh. it looks really good. It will obviously be a delay before they drill and shit. But yeah. At this price, it looks pretty sick. 
Obviously, WGO was still praying that they hit gas. Well, man, WGO today, it was sitting there, it was pushing up and pushing up, which I thought I think was nice after the little uh, Christmas break. And um, then I also got LCY, I've got A2M, I've bought a shitload of other shit to try sort of uh, nudge up. A2M but, as well. Uh, and you know which one I really like at the moment? It, Nova. Nova again. Nova again. Because Nova at seven. Wait, do you hold on? A two M. Do you mean the A two milk company? Well, just for the rebound because it got sold they, down. They, didn't they just sign a big deal with China? I was reading the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, had they had a they had issues with earnings that fucked it from like twenty dollar mark or close eighteen down to eleven. But I think it was oversold, and then they had a couple of deals come through some waiting for that rebound but that's not the big trade the the one that i really like was which i mentioned a million times is nova obviously we picked that at eight cents and it's 17 or 16 and a half now yeah but the thing that i remembered well i always knew this but was their lithium snow lake like their whole their whole project out there yeah which has been discounted and uh, pilbara and galaxy have obviously run through the roof but I'm hoping that obviously the gold alone values are around 60 cents, but no one seems to have woken up to the fact that we've got lithium and good a good supply of it. And the thing that's fucking screwed up with it is it's it's in the right spot. It's in Snow Lake, it's in Canada, which is right near Elon Musk's uh, hydro super plant right. versus Galaxy and these other fuckheads that are in Australia. Have fun shipping it on the slow bike to China or wherever <laughs> the fucking are sell it. Nova's right next right, to it. Okay, so Nova's positioned well because logistically the lithium supply that they have can go straight to Tesla. Logistically, it's the king. But the thing was, the director obviously went to jail for insider trading, so that stalled it up. <laughs> yeah, and that's then not a focused, great look, is it? <laughs> then they focused on gold for a while because that's a hot sector. But because lithium's now firing up, hopefully they, they've... they've Delivered heavily on the gold. Well, this is this is the thing, man. What we're like because we got a lot of messages. Obviously, Meso Meso Blast had a, had a little rough tumble. The thing is, the, the thing that people have to realize, it did it. It went from one dollar when I first start tipping it to five seventy. Then it dipped down to three thirty, and then it went back up to five. You had time to exit. Then it got the heart results at four fifteen for my own private money. I got most of it out at that price. This is exactly what my what my point was going to be. Is that uh, MSB has gone up and down and all around, and there have been plenty of opportunities to exit. Uh, and then I'm getting all these messages from people going like, "Oh, MSB's crash," and it's like, "Yeah." And we fucking, like, we've sold out. We've sold out of MSB. <laughs> Dude, we don't even give, you don't even give advice on this pod. But the question is, after the heart results, do you know there was every moment to sort of recalibrate and think, oh, I might go down to three. And then if anything, it's a re-enter now because you've got the back results. But yeah. to be honest, with the number of fails they've got now, I mean, unfortunately, if you underarm three balls to a disabled boy and he misses all of them. <laughs> There's yeah. a moment where you've got to give up and trying to play catch with him. And uh, Miso is very fast approaching to be the lame, the horse that needs to be put down. Yeah. It could come good. It'll be, I think it'll, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with their um, uh, big pharma partner. Dude, the, if the big pharma stays on board, then also they might get a uh, partner for the heart trials because they were significant. And then over and above that, the back trials are still pending. So uh, you don't want to you don't want to back against uh, 
there's every chance that will be uh, that will hit meet the primary endpoint, and um, at that point it will discount the, the other fails yeah, because yeah. effectively they've cured back pain. And my point, my point was also, um, uh, I mean, what you said before, we don't give advice on this podcast. We're talking about you and I's personal position, but if you like MSB for whatever reason, and you've done your due diligence and you've looked it up and you're happy with it and you buy it, and then you don't sell it and you and it and it tanks. Like you can't, you need to be somewhat sophisticated if you're going to be throwing your money in the stock market. This is such an important fucking lesson to learn is that if you go in blindly because you've heard three letters join together and you go, like, I'm on board, mate. I'm fucking on board. The reality is I loved it because like Dum Dum Club were going, oh, it's like it's burnt and all. Because uh, one of the, the hosts has got money with me and I'm like, Carl. No, he hasn't. He's in WGO, you fucking moron. This is a, That's yeah. fucking three months ago information. Exactly. Like, he's not even in that. Exactly. I fucking jumped ship during the, the when it when Remsel failed, I bailed and moved across into WGO and, and another stock. Like I'm like, what the fuck? We're not giving free advice on a podcast. Like you have to be a client. The point is that if you uh yeah, you need it if you, if you, any investment in any stock or derivative or financial instrument is inherently risky. Um, and if you please do not listen to this podcast and then go, oh, I heard I heard some letters and throw money at it at it and expect. Dude, but worse than that, you don't release them in time. There's one. But no, that's this is the point. This is the this is the other thing that's important. We don't really. It's impossible to release them in time because every fucking episode takes. Uh, if, we, if we do a two and a half hour episode, it takes me eight hours to edit. Well, dude, there's one episode pending from November. That's probably me still going, Mesa, it's ready to fucking blow up. It's a beauty. We're going to make rich. And that's another very important point. If this, this is not, this is not a podcast to go like, oh, I heard some letters. I'm throwing my money in it. And then you, you, you just sit there and wait. It, it, like you don't, it doesn't just magically make you rich. You have to, pick an exit point and do some do some strategy or otherwise if you really want to play along surething.money you hit that invest button and then you can see how this how the strategy actually works while we are doing it for you well the question for you is as well because it's like you get it with your cryptocurrency it's the timing that's everything yeah, man yeah. so it's like it still depends like whether you exit it or like i still had some exposure to that dip for some people but do you know what I mean? Then you've just got to, you just take it, take it, and move on with the next thing. I mean, you know what's going to be interesting? One is that IPB because I was going to ask about that. What's the deal with IPB at the moment? Well, the issue is I don't know if we ever updated on it. They got the farming deal, and you were like, "Oh my god, thirty million plus a follow, two hundred mil if they want to fund the whole oil play." Yeah. Early estimates of around a billion dollars resource. Do you know to half a billion? So a fucking monster. Oh, was it half a billion and a billion? It's a, yeah, half a billion to a billion dollars worth of oil. But then you know what the problem is? Mm. Then I investigated the guy funding it and it's like an Instagram model. And right, he seems to be a right. fucking bar- barista. We did talk about that. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that at length. Dude, and, he, and he's like, dream big. Wait, now, and hold on, on, just quickly. Uh, are you 100% sure that he wasn't a barrister and you... Uh, no, no, he, wasn't but the thing it. was, he owns a very big cafe in Sydney. That, that was a very a sh- silly little joke I made. <laughs> like you got nothing. I know, I know the barista <laughs> bit, but he, um, you know what the problem was? He, um, 
he does actually own a big cafe and he looks like a, a moron. So I assume that his dad's rich. And then I'm like, we don't underestimate nepotism. Like this guy, yeah. his dad will probably pay him 30 so that he doesn't look dumb around his cleverer mates and go like, <laughs> give him 30 so that, you know, so he's not looking like a dickhead on the ski trip. He's done fuck all fucking Nigel or whatever his name is. So who knows? Like, uh, it wouldn't be the first time a dad's thrown money to try save face for a bimbo mm. son. So it could happen. It eh? looks, I mean, look, it looks, it's a nice looking, IPV does look nice. And uh, we've been very, very uh, bullish on it in the past. Um, well, the thing is, I was bullish and the whole thing was I knew a farming deal was coming in. Now, the unfortunate thing was the farming deal came in with a guy that was, um, I've never fucking heard of. So how was I to know that these guys would wait 18 months and then sign up with the first fucking guy to offer them a drink at the bar? I'm like, I, thought, I thought they would get someone decent. Like, so yeah, mate, they've, gone with, they've effectively gone with your lawyer, mate, going, hey, just by the way, end of the night, I'm down to fuck. If you want to come over, I'll be on the dance floor. Dude. I'm in the Hawaiian shirt. Very difficult to miss me. And you know what? Top hat, feather. I'm, uh, I'm out there, right? You will spot me from a mile away. Dude, this is the thing. They had people propositioning them in the Middle East, Israelis, uh, all these big guys. So all night they had the, the bell of the ball proposition. And now I'm like, he, they're making out with the guy selling them the fucking kebab at the end of the night. I'm like, you fucking idiots. Leave it out ago. That's the caterer, you fuckhead. That's the caterer. Don't go home with him. That's not even I'm his I'm like, van. you're making out with a guy that asked for a cigarette and a sleeping bag. You fucking what the fuck. The prettiest girl in the room liked you four hours ago. If you hadn't fucking double dropped and spent the whole day dancing and sweating and drinking fucking Evian waters, you might not have had to do this. They fucked up because they should have struck the iron back when oil and uh, gas were, were pumping. Uh, in the meantime, though, while all of this has been happening with the stocks, um, uh, we've got an 80% uh, increase uh, on my seven-day P&L with Ethereum. And I t- look, this is, this is what happened, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to deal some numbers while Wolfie's still not comfortable doing so. Last time Ethereum pumped, we... Uh, we got, I got my position up to about 9,000 um, and then I sat in it and it stupidly sat in it. But we talked about that and uh, we talked yeah. about, what was it? Um, uh, what was the, f- what, what, fuck man, what did we, what did we say about that? We had some good lines. That you've got there. a learning disability. That's right. You've got <laughs> IQ of, <laughs> IQ of. <laughs> That's right. I'm low IQ. That's that. That's right. I'm low IQ. So I sat in it and then man, it took a big fucking That we dunk. can't believe you can operate your arms. <laughs> you should be using your mouth, that mouthpiece around Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With my weird claw hand. I gotta, I gotta use my, I gotta put the pencils in between my teeth when I want to sign something at the bank. What did you say earlier that you can't write or you can't read or you can't write? Which I one can't write. It? I can't read or write. I'm completely illiterate. <laughs> this is why I'm so good at uh, at editing the podcast. Is because I, I can use my ears work better. It's like Daredevil, but re- more retarded. Gimpy Daredevil. Dude, how <laughs> is the truth coming out? Because I've got to tell. I pick my stocks via a sense of smell. So I, <laughs> I sniff the newspaper. <laughs> For, for a winner. So just to let you know, that's where these numbers are coming. Or occasionally um, a number plate will stick in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, we'll check that and see if that's a code. <laughs> and that's how we're getting these ideas. We, we, we hit, uh, I hit 9,000 uh, in, my, in my crypto account. And man, it took a dip and it took a dip fucking hard. I am, 
I am not ashamed to say that we went from 9,000 down to 5,000 from that Shit, fucking leverage dude. position. And it was pretty brutal. But I am extra... Uh, I feel vindicated to let you know now that we are back up to, well, at the moment, 10,200. And uh, earlier today, we we're over the 11,000 mark. I think we briefly cracked it. Dude, you're finally in the black again. We're, we're back, baby. We're back, baby. And not only that, right? I'm sitting in... Uh, I'm sitting in Ethereum at $712 US, right? With a, a fat, dirty margin and my liquidation price is 428 I reckon I could sit in this thing for three years and not even come close to fucking up on it. Oh, mate, well, this is um, perfect. And watch me eat my words tomorrow as it dips overnight to 300 wipes me out completely, and uh, Wolfie is doing the podcast with just a silhouette of a, of a man hanging from a rope. Well, dude, now that I realise you can't read or write, it's not a massive loss. We can probably replace, replace you, but I'll tell you this. You were sounding like that guy. Gambler. You know John Daly, the golfer? I, I saw him pop up. Mate, is it gambling if I'm winning? <laughs> he lost 55 mil in his lifetime. Fuck. And there's footage of him playing a golf tournament in barefoot as he smokes. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. I'm like, that's your future, mate. That's what you are, except you don't have any golf talents. <laughs> so you just burn, you burn your, your few thousand? Mate, no. I'm winning. Obviously, one of the hot tips that I would like to tell everyone is I was never invested in the stock market. <laughs> I've been in property. You'd have to be a bloody idiot to invest in shares. <laughs> I've been leveraged into property. That's www.surething.money. And just remember... Let's be real. It's www.realestate.com.au. <laughs> Be sensible. <laughs> or, right, if you want to play them off each other, you can also go to Domain and sometimes they have alternative listings. Um, oh, mate, I hate it. Do you know when you sell a house, when, when I had to sell all my houses during the liquidation, courtesy of divorce, <laughs> is you have to advertise with both, even though Domain has no reach. Is that what you call the divorce, the liquidation? A liquidation? You know what? You know what? The, the I don't think I've actually mentioned that on the pod, but... Just uh, if anyone didn't know, I went through quite a bad divorce. <laughs> I don't think I've gone into detail on it. And I had my life savings taken. But you know what I love, man? I was I was seeing some people get engaged over Christmas, including mm. people I knew, and I, I saw the smile on their face and I finally realised a lot of the euphoria comes from the fact that they're finally financially stable because they have no CV, <laughs> no prospects, and some little schmuck has just given them 70% of their asset base. So you've gone from being a destitute possible prostitute to theoretically owning a $1.5 million house. No wonder you're fucking euphoric and crying as, as you, you, you douse each other in champagne. You've basically been out in the ocean and the Titanic sunk eight days ago and suddenly there's a flashlight of hope. And little, little did they know that the only lifesaver being thrown uh, from Wolfie was one from the checkout of a supermarket. And as soon as it dissolved in their hands, they had nothing to grab onto. Do you understand <laughs> that as soon as you're engaged, say you have no CV, mm. no savings, no money, you immediately, you're like, worst case scenario, I end up with my soulmate. 
Best case, it fucking <laughs> fails and I walk away with about $1.5 million without even having gone to university. I mean, look, I'm not trying to be a misogynist, but I can see why you'd be a, it would be one a, a very emotional day for well, you. Well, you didn't – no one said – no one brought up gender until then. So that, until that point, that was a completely – genderless riff that well, you get rid of on. it just delete it then man I'm, I'm pro g- everything <laughs> pro everything i'm pro whatever's what you're pro whatever you think i'd think that's true my we, opinions are your opinions sure thing uh sure thing reflects the values that you hold inherent within yourself just remember that while you listen. i think whatever you think <laughs> that's what i do well, i'm a people please so i think whatever you think yeah it's true the, hey. view, the views of the hosts uh, representative of your own views and biases. Dude, so. all I'm saying is I could think of nothing better. New Year's Eve, some sort of businessman, I make out with them, I'm engaged, I'm crying to my parents. They're like, dude, we didn't know. And I'm like, he's fucking rich. I can't believe it. We're honeymooning in the uh, Gibraltar. I can't wait. I said, as soon as that fucking paperwork signed, I'll have lawyers already working on my exit. <laughs> I say, three days into the honeymoon around breakfast, I'll be like, look under your fucking coconut water. There's a little note for you, you prick. It's some of the best lawyers in Australia. I'm out and I want fucking, I want my money. That's what the abbreviation is, man. X. It's for exit strategy. <laughs> oh, mate. I would love... Do you know what I've been thinking that you should be able to do is designate yourself as an island? Yeah. So that you could just declare at 18 and go like, I don't want any... I don't want any connection with anyone ever. And then they, you could almost have it like a... So you could tell, oh, that guy's an island or that girl's an island. It's like he's, he's elected to never... I won't take any of yours. I won't give any of mine. I don't want, I hate people. I don't want any meaningful connection with anyone. I just want to drift. I'm a fucking, I'm an island. You can board me, but then you have to leave. Um, And and that's sort of, you can't end up in a de facto with an island. It's like you can't go to Rottnest and live there. You're basically talking about those sovereign citizen nut jobs, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you go to Rottnest Island over here, you can't just suddenly stay there and go, I'm living. In a relationship, you can just build a fucking structure and go, I live in Rottnest now. I'm like, you get the fuck off the island. It is crazy. I don't think other countries do this, that Australia has it. So if you are living with someone for two years, they can turn around and take you for half your shit. Dude, and you know what the thing is? You end up making you really petty because they leave a toothbrush in there and you keep having to throw it out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you're like, where's my toothbrush? And I'm like, oh, I had to film myself throwing it across the street. Just on the two-year anniversary, you, you say, hey, cleaned all your stuff. It's down the laundry map. Oh, why, why was it have to leave the house? Oh, just had to get some footage of uh, a, a gap. Well, I don't understand why of all of the um, of all of the agencies and all of the bureaucratic systems out there, the Residential Tenancy Authority is the one that's going out to bat for whether or not they get to take half of your business. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're essentially going to Queensland, the Queensland RTA, and going, hey, I need that bond form because uh, I don't think I put it, I can't remember, but I'm really hoping I didn't put a name on it. <laughs> Dude, this is what I'm saying. And do you know what I really want? And I've always talked about it is, is um, Spielberg's wife, she got 480 million. And what I would like the court to say is, look, that's yours. But also we cannot wait to see this movie you're about to make. 
and you have to put 100 mil to make a blockbuster because we feel bad that you were stopped from being a great artist and I just want to see your version of Jurassic Park in the next 18 months. You're, you're ordered by, the, by government decree to give you this opportunity again to make Jurassic Park 3 to see how you were denied from using your talents and your creative skill. I just, I would just love it if, if you had to. At the end, at the very end, after you've gone through the courts and you've signed it, you then had to prove your worth. No, you don't have to prove your worth, but it's like, okay, you No, divorced. no, but that's it. It's like, a, it's like they've set up a, uh, for, for whatever industry it is, it's basically a, a, like American Ninja Warrior, you know? It's like, well, now you make, you've got to make Jurassic you divorced, Park now. You've divorced Elton John. You will get your final payment when you produce... Amazon2.com. Let's go. <laughs> you divorced Elton John. You will get your final 100 million when you produce Candle in the Wind version 2 and we release it on Spotify. <laughs> like a cow. <laughs> so do you know good. what I've been trying to do this whole time? Is I've been trying to think of uh, a gender reverse relationship where the man has taken half of everything to use as an example so that we didn't seem as um, as fucked as we are. Yeah, that's why I did Elton John, dude. I know that's He's why you did up. Elton John as well. I knew it. But I can't think of one for the life of me. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look one up and then I'm going to insert it in a funny voice. <laughs> look, blokes, we don't always cop the short end of the stick every divorce. Here's some facts and figures to disprove Andrew Wolfe's inherent misogyny. When Britney Spears and Kevin Federline split in 2007, Britney was ordered to pay $1 million and five figures in ongoing child support. When JLo and Chris Judd divorced, Judd ended up with $9 million from the settlement. And famously, Guy Ritchie ended up with a $75 million settlement when he split from Madonna. The biggest of all though, Adele and Simon Konecki divorcing in 2019. $244 million. So keep your chin up and your options open, and you too could fall ass backwards into a barrel full of divorce settlement cash. Ellen, Ellen, Porsche's going to leave Ellen, no doubt. Yeah, but they're, like they're on the, oh, I think Porsche de Rossi's probably got money. She's probably not going to. She was very famous. Yeah. But look, look, it's very hard for me not to represent my gender because it is my gender, so it's Look, I love talking from both sides, but unfortunately my experience has only been from one side of the fence, so it's very hard for me. I, I have all perspectives, and as I said, I believe in all opinions that make you happy. But unfortunately, <laughs> I only have my perspective in this sad world, and I don't enjoy any of my ideas. This, I mean, I think this ties back into the Xi Jinping thing, where I'm, I'm racking my brains trying to find the example like the high profile celebrity example where it's reversed and i can't do it and i don't know what that says about me but i sure know what it says about the system that we currently operate in <laughs> yeah yeah man but i do like this idea of um divorce the, ninja, the warrior. ninja warrior or like um <laughs> um x factor where they had to X produce... Factor is a really fucking good name. <laughs> no, X de facto. X de facto, and it's like they're on stage, and it's like, well, you, you left, you left whatever, you left Amy Schumer, it's time, Jeff, to hop up and give them your best 30 minutes. And it's like, fuck. You know what I mean? It would be fucking so good. And they have to, the world watches. And, and then if, unless it hits a certain number of views, it's like, well, I guess 
It was better that you're at home making sandwiches, you dumb fuck. Oh, you lying man. fuck. That's so good. Here's, and here's the ad for X de facto. <laughs> this is the X de facto. 10 weeks, 10 separations, and over $5 million up for grabs. Craig wowed the judges last week when he admitted he hooked up with Bridget's best friend at a party, but won some of the audience back when he revealed that he was absolutely cunted, and he was pretty sure that she went down on Gavin at that Christmas party four years ago anyway. Things had been going swimmingly for nearly seven years, but when it was time for things to end, it all turned sour. Now, there's more than $200,000 up for grabs, and Craig claims that he's the one who's been staying home looking after that fucking dog, eh? While Bridget climbed the ranks to become a Crown Prosecutor with a 97% conviction rate. Will Craig be able to successfully put this child pornography distributing, cocaine trafficking serial killer behind bars and walk away with his half of Bridget's income? Will he snort any more of the evidence this week? The judges think he's only a couple more mistimed objections away from the case being thrown out altogether. Find out Thursday, 7.30 on 7. <laughs> sure thing dot money hit that invest button and Dude, we've got a lot of clients in we're overloaded so if you haven't got your setup email yet we, act we actually have been struggling to keep up with the forms so get in there and if you we've had we've taken some time with the forms if you're losing if you're losing money right if you've listened to any of these picks and done your due diligence and thought that they were sound investments for you and you've lost money on them it's because you didn't know when to exit so let the professionals take over sure thing dot money oh well listen mate the other thing you have to understand is that i've been pushing mesoblast since the dollar so whatever Lick my balls. Yeah, and there have been plenty of opportunities to make fucking money on it. It's been a huge one. And not only that... Well, I made I made 35 grand to 440 on it. That's true. So, and one day you're going to tell us what that went down to and uh, how... Well, all what, I'll say is that I owe the government over $370,000. <laughs> I've lost everything. I'm on heroin. Is it, is it at least six figures? Dude... It's private. I've realised I should never have been telling you my money. No, you should be. Because I only did it for fun and it was actually affecting my trading and it's no one's business. It hasn't been affecting. It didn't, no, it didn't affect you. It didn't affect your trading. I don't like going in the dumb people one, dumb, to, dumb club. Fuck off. People want to hear the number and when you're, when you're uh, comfortable enough again, which is, which you're heading that way. No, dude, I... Do you know what? Everyone wants to know how big someone's dick is, but you don't have to get it out. That's the premise of this podcast, you idiot. It's the How Big Is Our Dick podcast. That would have been a great alternative name for this. Mate, I'm just saying, everyone... This is why listenership's dropping off. <laughs> Mate, you don't... It's, it's, un, it's unbecoming to mention what you're worth. <laughs> you're Fuck it. Uh, how's this? You, uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three more months, and then you, you start talking numbers again. Or I'm gonna let everyone know your actual age. <laughs> well, mate, you know what I uh, don't make me kill myself to beat you. Do I'm it. willing to do everything. Do, oh, that's fine, man. We'll take you and I. This is the, the only way this podcast is ever ending: is you and I driving off a cliff, Thelma and Louise arguing about how how it's going to end. Dude, you know what I love <laughs> is we do a live. You know it's going to be. It's going to be you and me in a car, and one of us is going to have a little micro sleep for too long, and we're going to go hurtling off. It's done. Dude, <laughs> you know what I love is we do it. It's a live pod, 
and we find out we never know because we are off the cliff but we find out most of our family friends aren't aware of our death because they've stopped listening to the pods a year ago they're, they're just lying and we're like what he killed himself i'm like it was on the live pod i thought you listened i'm going no one listens no one's listened for years it sucks it's the pod sucks the intro song sucks We've been. Someone complained about it. All right, all right. Now you're getting. Now you're getting personal. All right. I so don't. Here's how's this? Don't worry about me telling them your age. How about instead of editing the podcast correctly, I leave in every time you say 100, percent and then I make you listen to it oh, on mate, repeat. Oh, we're gonna get rid of that. <laughs> and I do a. What about keep? Get rid of that keepy off day. That's what you call it. Keep it Invasion day. day. We call it. We call it keepy off day. Keep off day was pretty <laughs> I did think it was very funny uh, to lead into the Indian giving thing. It was uh, double. Yeah, racist. yeah. What I said was bad, but I was just trying to be ironic. For fuck's sake, I'm on, pro everything. This is an irony podcast. Um, this is an irony financial comedy podcast. I hate it, man, because like you got to double down. It's very good. To have your agenda, and I agree with it. If anyone spoke to in person, they would see that I'm doing the charity work. I'm supporting <laughs> anything that needs support. Right, now you're making baseless claims. Wait, did you do? Did tell me this? This will let you off the hook. Did you do one bushfire relief gig? What's this? Did you when? Yeah, yeah. You, did you do at least one bushfire relief spot at a gala? Yeah, but it was it? it was paid. It was a paid spot. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got no leg to stand on. <laughs> No, they gave some of the money to charity, but I still got a hundred bucks. They gave some of the money to charity, but the rest of it went directly to Andrew Wolf. Um, and it wasn't so much a gig as it was an online fundraiser. <laughs> well, dude, to be honest, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but most of those farms are going to fail anyway. So fucking just count your lucky stars that you got a good excuse to move back into the big smoke. Pardon the pun with the smoke. That's true because we've what we've done. What we've done is we've taken the entirety of the Sure Thing Podcast Proprietary Limited Fund and we've been shorting small farmers in regional <laughs> Queensland and New Dude. South Wales to bankrupt them so we can take their land and build our fucking compound. Dude, that's like one of the dark jokes when you're in one of these rural towns and it's a fire and you're like, how's it feel to finally live in the big smoke? That's <laughs> <laughs> the house burns. <laughs> As the house burns to the ground with smoke whipping in their eyes. How's it feel to finally live in the big smoke, you piece of shit? Yeah, just saying things as their roofs cave in, like, oh, I thought property prices were going through the roof. <laughs> you don't even bloody have one. Dude, I'm out. I'll speak to you later, dude. All right, get fucked. Fuck you, man. Bye. Leveraging your home Margin personal loans Hedged by put contracts Holding 15 Overexposed bad positions Looming threat of liquidation and